Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Recorded live. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that seems like it never ends. It does eventually, but it only goes on for a while. Uh, we have almost everyone with us. Let's just do a quick little head count. Uh, I believe we have Pete with us. Or do we? Pete? Yes, he made his picture. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, Isaiah? Yep. Okay. Uh, I believe that's Andy. Yep. Okay. And Chase? I am present. Okay, so we don't yet have Jim or Donovan. Uh, let's see. Let me see. Let me just double check to see if there's enough. I do have a board from... Uh, from um, Solomon... He's currently at work okay. right now. So. Yeah, I know he's split work. Yeah, but I, have his, but I do have his board. So thank you for doing that. That will mean we'll be able to move fairly quickly. Excuse the background noise. I'm currently outside, uh, not even at my okay. house. So there might it. be a lot of wind noises. So I will occasionally mute you, uh, just letting you know that ahead of time if it's Hopefully, you will not start dragging small corpses, but as long as we have a low level of background noise, I mean, a little wind won't kill us, uh, but yes, I will fire off one last you see, blast to people, reminding them that we are live, and I will do a brief recap. Um, did everyone get the email with all of the picks that were made to this point, just to make sure that everybody is up to date? Nope. What is up with your email, Isaiah? Seriously. I don't know. Are you sending it to the wrong email? I have like five emails, but I've only been using one. <sighs> I sent it to the last one you sent me. So unless you sent me the wrong one. I mean, I got the call ID. I, I mean, I got the one for today, like the ID and all that stuff, but I didn't get, to know, I didn't get a list. Oh, okay. Well, I'll... When you get a chance, resend me whichever email address it is you have that actually you check. You want to text it will... to you or a direct message to you? Uh, whichever. Just not right at this very I mean, you can do it, but I won't be able to do it right at this very moment. So, once again, to recap, uh, the Browns. Miles Garrett, first pick. Uh, that was sort of an easy one, obvious one. Solomon Thomas, 49ers. Great pick. A uh, guy that some people – coming into this year. I mean, first of all, most of them think he was going to, I didn't think he was going to declare. I thought he was – I had him on my board for next year as one of my top fives. But uh, he'd be a top five in my mind in almost in a year. And then we had Deshaun Watson, so the first real surprise pick. Went number three overall to the Bears. Then we had Jamal Adams, not really much of a surprise, off the board number four. Some people thought Adams would go as high as number two. Uh, we have Corey Davis, a bit of a surprise, going number five to the Titans. Then we had Marshawn Lineman going number six to the Jets. Then the Chargers, continuing to build that front wall on defense, got Jonathan Allen. Christian McCaffrey went number eight. Uh, Jim Coburn shaking things up. Then we had the Bengals get uh, Barnett at number nine, the man who broke Reggie White's record. Of course, as Steve would point out if he were here, Reggie White had about 
45% fewer chances to rush the passer because, you know, it was a very different world. People ran the ball on first and second down, and it was third and four or less on third as well. Then we had uh, the Bills take O.J. Howard. We had the Saints take Forrest Lamp. They loved Lamp. Then we had Patrick Mahomes. Okay, I'm not going to say anymore. I, I, I promised myself I wouldn't do that again. Uh, then we had Patrick Mahomes go to the Browns at 12. Their quarterback of the future. Mike Williams at 13 to the Cardinals. 14 was Leonard Fournette. Then we had the Colts at 15 with Dalvin Cook. 16th selection was Garrett Bowles. Number 17, Harris McKinley. Then pick number 18 was Malik Hooker. Sliding down the board a little bit due to health concerns and lack of a little bit of lack of experience. Number 19, we had Ryan Ramzik, part of the tackles being pushed up, which I think may actually happen in the real deal. Some tackles, even though they might not be the most players in the world, getting picked up, picked, pushed up. And then Denver got Ruben Foster, who slid down due to stuff. And then we have... At pick 21, the Lions getting Zach Cunningham, another sort of chalk pick. This this is one of the ones I think may actually happen. Marlon Humphreys, if he's there, I could see him potentially going to also number 22 to the Dolphins. 23, David Njoku, which is not one I could actually see happening in the real world, going to the Giants. Jim Coburn got Jordan Willis. Curses, curses, you know, of a player that I was that was being targeted by some of the teams that were going to pick right after. So, well done. Then the Texans got Mitchell Trubisky, which is once again, if he's there, I could conceivably see that one happening as well. I I think the Texans, I mean, they like Tom Savage, but I don't think they're in love with Tom Savage. They were in Malik Well, you know what I'm saying. I don't think they're in love, like I said. <laughs> I think they like Tom Savage. 26, Malik McDowell. Once again, if he slides that far, I think somebody would pick him if he made it to that point. Gary and Conley picked 27. 28 was Obi as the, like I said, part of the, the, uh, Broad jump, yeah, the broad jump actually relay team that they are building an unstoppable Broadway uh, broad jump relay team. Then the Steelers get Buda Baker, and I would love if that actually happened in the real world. Some people will say, "Well, you already have Sinclair Goldston." Well, guess what? I wouldn't mind having two guys like that. Quite frankly, they're both little, but they both play bigger than. More physically unavailable at the moment. And Sinclair Goldston, of course, is unfortunately often hurt. Then we have the Falcons getting uh, Hassan Reddick, which would be great value should he go there. John Ross replacing the old John Ross, also known as Brandon Cooks, to the Saints 32. And then we had uh, Alouzier, corner from Colorado, going first pick in the second round. Tim Williams was the second pick in the second round from Alabama, going to the 49ers. Then we had Dan Feeney, guard from Indiana, going pick 35. The 36th selection was Adore Jackson from USC, the 37th. Selection was uh, Chris Godwin, the Penn State wide receiver. Then we had Sidney Jones, once again, a guy who would be gone 25 or more picks earlier, if not for an injury, but uh, a very poorly timed one as well. Those are the Chargers. Then we have Sean Kaiser going to pick 39. Dylan pick number 40. The Bengals got the troubled Joe Mixon, but once again, we've said troubled in front of one of their draft picks many times in the past. And more often than not, they've made it work. Pick number 42, Julio Johnson goes to the Bills. Then the Eagles got Stavius White with pick 43, which is very, very good value. Uh, Jordan Lewis went pick 45 to Arizona. Pick 46, Jared Davis uh, went to the Colts. 
Then the Ravens got Carl Lawson, another guy with some injury concerns, but some really decent technique and a really good athlete. Uh, then we had Zay Jones uh, go to the Vikings. We had we had uh, Washington get oh yeah Charles Harris. There you go. That's good value. Um, and then you had Jarrell Peppers get uh, Tampa Bay got Jarrell Peppers and that's another person we're missing. Where's Mark? Where is Mark? Okay, hold on. Let me check to see if Mark has joined us. Where is Mark? Okay, I'll go looking for Mark in a second. Oh, come on, people. Then we had uh, yeah, uh, Cam Robinson, Alabama, with the next selection. Then we had Marcus Williams. That is really good value, too. Uh, go off the board next. The Lions got Curtis Samuel, uh, sort of a, you know, if you liked the first Golden Tate, how about a second one? And then we have uh, the Dolphins getting Raquan McMillan, upgrading their linebacker core. Caleb Brantley, Florida, went 65 to the Giants. Then we had Dante Foreman, and this is probably pretty, once again, pretty good value, going at pick number 56. No, yes. Yeah, yes. And then to the Raiders. And then 57, we had Juju Smith Schuster. Once again, feels like good value there. The huge, huge, huge value as uh, Tyus Bowser goes to Seattle at 58. That, man, if that happened in the real world, yikes. 59, the Chiefs got Ryan Anderson. Uh, then pick 60, the Dallas Cowboys got Taco Charlton. Then the next pick was, oh, TJ Watt, the uh, linebacker from Wisconsin. The Steelers got Josh Jones, safety from NC State. The Falcons got a very, very large man. Talk about when pickup basketball breaks out, I mean, they lost. They don't have Tony Gonzalez unfortunately anymore. But I mean, but with but if you add Shaheen to Levine to Alolo, if they still had um, Gonzalez, whew, they would win a three-on-three tournament with pretty much everybody else in the NFL. Then after that, you have Xavier Woods, great pick. Uh, Carolina picks it four, and with a little preview of today, we had pick number sixty-five, Pete Smith taking Larry. Of Lungy from um, oh, Joby from um, uh, Charlotte. from Charlotte. What used to be called UNC Charlotte back in my day. And let me make one last look around to see if we can find Mark and the other missing GMs. And if I don't see them, I guess we'll just have to soldier on. Uh, Okay. Uh, I guess I'll proceed. Okay, fine. That brings us to... On the board submitted. Oh God! Okay. Is there a quarterback you like at this point? Is they don't have oh, one. Hold on, hold on. I'll tell you in a second. 
wide receiver, maybe. Yeah, well, I'll tell you in a second. As soon as, <laughs> soon as, come on, come on, come on, come on. Uh, so the one downside to having a bunch of Excel spreadsheets and Google Docs all up at the same time, occasionally, come on, you. Okay, here we go. Okay, well, no, Shaheen is clearly gone. Oh, this could be Cheese Taylor's chance. Let me see. Let me look in a second here. Oh. Okay. Nope, I take it back. Let me just see. Is, let's go through here. So, yeah, the 49ers are represented, correct? Because I believe we have their GM on now. Uh, yep, ready to go. Okay, you are you ready to pick? We're ready to, to yep. take your pick. Sounds good. Uh, 49ers select defensive back, Desmond King, Iowa. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that's another player I was targeting later in this round. So that's well done. Tell us a little bit about what you plan to do with Desmond King. Some people have talked themselves into thinking he has to move to safety. I think you're how you want to play, some teams, I think, still see him as a corner. What, what do you plan to do with him? I definitely think that he's athletic enough to play on his own corner. I just really like his instincts, just incredible instincts. And uh, I think his elite three-cone time shows that he has the change of direction ability to really be a playmaker in zone. And if you can't have a home at corner, I do think he could be a productive uh, safety. Okay. I like the pick. Uh, that brings us to Chicago back on the clock at 67. Okay, and the let's see, so Kaiser is gone, right? Yes. I, I was making sure. So the next. They, they took uh, Watson round one. Why do they need another quarterback? Yes. No, I know, I know. That's not. I'm just saying. I'm looking at the board, so I'm seeing who who's on the board who isn't. So for those who are not here, I look at their boards and I see who's still there amongst their top-rated players. That's kind of how it works. Okay. Just so you know. Should you ever do this, you know, should you ever be the person leading as opposed to just a member of the peanut gallery, uh, you'll see that you have to figure out who's – oh, this is interesting. Okay. So sort of a red shirt kind of deal here. The top-rated player, believe it or not, I'm not sure if this is what I would do, but the top rated player here actually, believe it or not, is Jake Butt. Let me just confirm that, make sure it's not my myth. Um, well, let's see. Four. Actually, let me see if there's somebody. Let me just make sure. Oh, uh, actually, maybe a corner. It might be. Oh, actually, you know what? There is one higher rated. Oh, there is a higher rated player still available. Uh, and that player is actually tied in from South Alabama, Gerald Everett. Nice value. So, right yeah, Gerald Everett. And it, it is a super deep tight end class. But this team has struggled to find a legitimate seam stretch threat since they foolishly let Greg Olson go uh, many years ago, which they regret to this very day. But, yes, um, Gerald Everett, he's not Greg Olson, uh-huh. but he's better than what they've had. 
Wait, what? Gerald Everett to the Bears. Number 51. Is that Jim? That is. Yeah, yeah. Hey, how's it going? Okay, so I'm going to get an idea of who's okay. So Jim's here now. Yeah, so let me briefly recap. So we just had our first couple of picks since returning. Uh, Pete Smith, as you know, obviously, last night put in um, Ogunjobi. Then we had pick 66, Desmond King, cornerback. Iowa went to the 49ers. Chicago Bears just got Gerald Everett, South Alabama. Tight end. And that brings us to selection 67. And on the clock is I mean, so that was 67. Sorry, fixed section 68. Uh, the Jaguars. That'd be me. Uh, Trey Hendrickson. Yes. So I say that again, please? Trey Hendrickson. Oh, Trey Hendrickson. Okay. Someone I'm a huge fan of, but I think most people will be shocked to see him go quite that early. Uh, tell me a little bit about what, what your thinking was there. Well, I know he wouldn't be there. It's probably beginning of next time I picked for him. So I kind of reached there. Okay. And I have a value of veteran guys I want later. Okay. Now, is he going to be like a designated pass rusher? Is he going to be – are you actually trying to turn him into a linebacker? For him. Okay, okay. So trying to figure out. Uh, a lot of people are, are not 100% sure of what he is. Okay, so that brings us to the 69th selection. L.A. Rams. Yes, the Rams are on the clock. The L.A. Rams select Pat Elfrin, center oh, from Ohio Pat State. Elfrin. Okay, got it. Pat. Pat Elfrin. That's another guy I could think might be a day one starter from the moment he he hits camp. Are you going to play him at? He's going to definitely definitely at center. I mean, that's the need okay. right now. Got it. But, uh, you know, you can shuffle them in that interior anyway, but they do need that interior line help. Yeah. Yeah, I truly believe you could do either one at a pretty high level. And like I said, he feels, he feels like one of those guys that's going to just show up, you know, here's your shower clogs, here's your laundry bag, here's your T-shirt and hat. Oh, and, you know, here's the playbook, and you're starting day one. And that puts us now at... Number 70. And the Jets are on the clock. And let me take a look at who's available. And let's see. The board submitted. The highest rated player. Oh, okay. So another running back is leaving the board. No, I take it back. Sorry, there's one player about that. Um, with someone 
whining earlier about Quincy Wilson's slide? Didn't she just go Marshall Lattimore round one? Yes, Marshall Lattimore went a long, 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 long time ago. Pick yeah, I know. Six, you I think it was the first round for him. Do you really need yes. to take that many corners? Well, let me ask you this. How many good corners do you need to be a good defense nowadays in the NFL? At least two. At least two, right? How many do they have now, even with Lattimore? Maybe two. So how many you more need do you need? three. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so do the math. How many, how many do you need really? Look, how many of the really good defenses only have two good corners? Well, honestly, I would say look at it. Most teams play nickel, <laughs> nickel like right. 35% of the time. Yeah, the Morris Claiborne signing. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be mean if the Morris Claiborne is but... I mean, seriously, seriously, that's who you are going to champion as the reason as to not. <laughs> that's what I'm going to say. You're hooding your case there, just so you know. I, I feel more and more justified the more you say. But continue if you must. I'm good. You're saying you're saying future Hall of Famer Morris Claiborne is the reason we should add another corner. Buster's crying. So yeah, I'm feeling better and better the more you say, the more you, the more I hear you talk, the more I feel like this is actually a really good fit. Morris Claiborne. That's the T-shirt I'm going to have made. <laughs> but wait, don't you have Morris Claiborne? <laughs> <laughs> why? Why? Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, yes. But I'm not banking all of my hopes on that. Just so you know, because how has that turned out in the past? When people have put all their hopes and dreams at solidifying a position for a decade with Morris Claiborne, how has that played out in the past? <laughs> so yeah, picks in and. Quincy Wilson was by far the highest-rated player on their board. I mean, like, they had a, you know, a late, a late first on him. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, that brings us to selection number 71. Yeah, let's see. Is that an orphaned or is that somebody who's got? Let me just double check. Uh, Wait, who's in the clock? Pick the seventy-one. Chargers. Yeah, so the Chargers, I think, are yeah, are represented, I believe, right? Or did we? Oh, wait. That's right. Oh, I'm so mad. Okay, moving on. Um, give me just one moment. I'm gonna fire off one. Well, Donovan minute. was the representative of the Chargers, oh. but Donovan wasn't here yesterday. He, he yes, got I know. To work, so. Right. He has, he has a job. I can make another for him. Well, I'm gonna give it a couple seconds, see if he's <laughs> at least able to respond. Such is my life. Oh there he is. Wait, what? Time difference got away from me also. What? Come on, son. Oh, sorry, let's see. Okay, so he is responding. Let's see. See what he. This is not how I like to do business, but at least he's responding. So let's see what he has to say. 
I'll give him about a minute. He responds within a minute. I'll take whoever he offers, assuming that person has already been picked. And then... So Donovan apparently is saying he didn't see the emails either. How is that possible? You just see something. And then, oh, he I left me off the first that. email. Oh, did I? He did. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'm not, did I have your email address then? Because you, I mean, you keep sending the call ID thing to me, but like you oh, know, the okay. invite thing, I was left up off that email. Really? Um, okay. Well, I guess it's possible. But I'm pretty sure Donovan was on everything. But either way, I'm gonna give him another few seconds. Okay, ten seconds. Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, and one. Okay, if there's somebody who has a strong feeling, a passion, a burning desire, I will take. Uh, I will take it. Uh, oh, oh, now. <laughs> oh, now. You were all fired up just a few seconds ago. Well, uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you say Deshaun Hall? No, Justin Evans. Oh, I couldn't... Oh, Justin oh. Evans. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a classic Jim Coburn reaction. <laughs> Remember I heard what? Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, he's a, you know, he plays football. And, I mean, I think athletically he's, he, he tested out fairly well if memory shows it correctly. Mm. Or am I incorrect? <laughs> he's explosive. Yeah, but he didn't was. do no agility drills. Because he knew he oh, would embarrass boy. himself. Because <laughs> that's why you don't do agility drills usually, because you know it's going to come back bad. So, no. But whatever. It's all right. He's a safety. You can, you know, do safety things. You can do safety things, right. That's, I guess, that's what they were after, is somebody to do safety things. I'm okay, sorry. Who so, was watching? That was Justin Evans, a safety from Texas A&M, the Fighting Aggies, College Station, Texas, where my friend Dominic Bearfield works. Dominic, you're out there. You, uh, there's a new Aggie in the NFL. And that will bring us to the 72nd selection. That's the Patriots finally pick. Yes, that's right. Sweet. It's been a uh, it's been a lo- been a lot of beer and pizza time in the uh, draft room of the Patriots, but now a chance to work. We'll take Brandon Cooks, the defending champ. <laughs> Patriots proudly select Tyrell Basham, defensive end, Ohio. Ah, okay, that's a fun pick. 
for those Love who it. haven't seen him play, and I've seen plenty of him, but those who haven't seen him play, tell us about what you like and how you plan to use him. Uh, well, the Patriots prefer more bigger technique type uh, four three defensive ends over more athletic pe- play- people such as like Trey Flowers, and I think he's very strong at the point of attack, six four two seventy. Uh, active hands, always in the passing lanes, and his motor is nonstop. And I just think the Pats will love him. Belichick's privately worked him out. We've been at his senior bowl, and last week he had a private visit. He's one of the players that have had the most interest from the team, it seems. Yeah, well, that's, that's that's actually a very Belichick pick. <laughs> so congratulations on that. Not only is it is it decent value, but you, it actually feels very, very Belichick. It has a very 100%. Belichick feel to it. It has a very Belichick feel. Uh, let's see. That brings us to the 73rd selection. And let's just take a quick look at what we have here. Bengals. Yep. The Bengals. Of Cincinnati. Or Cincinnati, as uh, Keith Jackson used to pronounce it. Um, let's see. I'm trying, did we, I can't believe we have, did we have someone for the Bengals? Did we not have someone for the Bengals yesterday? Yeah, we had oh, someone for uh, the Bengals. I, 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 I was, but Matt will miss. I thought so. Okay, well, who, who do you have? Oh, 13 them. Uh, the Bengals select, who did they take? They took Barnett and Mixon. Uh, the Bengals select Tease Tabor, cornerback, Florida. The slide has ended for T's taper. Okay, got it. Now, as you know, people are terrified of the fact that on apparently on a good day he runs about the mid four sixes. Tell me about the plan for him. Yeah, that's a huge red flag. I completely agree. I'm not a big fan of his game, but I definitely love his uh change of direction and uh instincts, but that forty time is very concerning. But at this point on the board I think uh, the Bengals definitely need some cornerback help with Adam Jones aging. Sure. Yeah. Got it. And that brings to pick 74, which comes to Baltimore by way of Philadelphia. And the top-rated player, let's see, on the board. And I think it is. Uh, it is. Oh, wait, hold on. Let me double check. It might be one I have. And there's confirm. Is. No, he got picked. Let me see. Oh, uh, so the highest-rated player on this board is Derek Rivers, defensive end slash outside linebacker, Youngstown State University. 
And as was pointed out earlier, uh, I oops, I apologize. I did overestimate the age slightly of uh, Suggs. He is not 37, but a mere child of 35. But uh, it's clear that the change in the guard is not far off there. And I'm not quite as high on Rivers as some people are, but I do think he's going to be an NFL starter. What do the numbers say about him, Jim? Because I know you've studied him in terms of what he stacks up metrically speaking. I mean, he's an above-average athlete. Uh, he's a little lighter than most, you know, about 250. Usually you want guys to be about 259-ish if you're talking about three or four outside linebacker. Production-wise, it was um, solid, but not necessarily a lot of FCS production. You want guys that are elite. For example, Jared Allen was 99 percentile in each whether it was sacks, TFL, tackles, even uh, Pootie Tang, uh, for example. Uh, <laughs> I forgot I forgot to say, but... Uh, for those who, know the, who do not know the inside joke, he's talking about uh, former Skillman defensive end outside linebacker turned faint. Um, um, oh, my gosh. Now now I had his name in my mind. Um, Haitian. I think he's Haitian, though, I believe. Um, Hold on. I'll tell you in a second. Uh, what are you talking about? Um, oh, hey, he is Haitian. Um, in fact, I oh my gosh, I just had his name in my in my mind a second ago, right before whatever. But yes, I know exactly who you mean. And he actually was pretty decent before you know the incident, as you, you know, who started right, uh, giving being a, belt the whippings on the beach, beating people. people on the well, beach for belt. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't, can't, you can't do that, as it turns out. You cannot. Well, you cannot even do that. even he was more so of a productive guy. Noah Spence was, was more productive just in terms of like competition level. So um, that's the only real concern. I mean, he has the athleticism. He has all that other stuff. He's also fairly old. He's, he's going to be 24 years old once the season starts, uh, which all that really means is that by the time you get to that second contract, uh, there's about a 20 to 30% drop in overall production when you get into 29 years old for most edge players. So he either has to be, like, great out of the box or if it takes more time to develop, that's just going to make that more scary, I guess, once you get to that point of age. But uh, but that's really about it. I mean, he has NFL athleticism. He's a little lighter than usual. Um, Film-wise, I mean, my only issues with him is that he kind of over relies on the speed rush too much where he just tries to do that and that's it. But – you know, there's definitely some things that intrigue people. So, you know, so it kind of makes sense. Okay, so just so you know, it kind of makes sense. It's just sort of ringing in dust. Yeah, it takes a lot to get it to get it out of boy out of jet. And that brings us to the '76 selection. And well, the Buffalo Bills. The Bills. So you are on the clock, young Isaiah. Howard Wilson. Quarterback Houston. Ah, someone I like. Uh, tell me a little bit of, once again where you'll play him and, and where you think his role will be. I've seen some people talk about moving him to safety as well. For I don't know. I have, I have no idea actually what reason they they said they're saying that. But uh, what do you plan to do with him? 
Did I lose you? Isaiah? All right, then. Well, then I guess we'll move on. <laughs> Either way, he's, uh, well, I'll talk to Jim for just a second. How, once again, in terms of both physical measurables and production metrics, what kind of player does Howard Wilson most resemble? A slot corner. You know, basically Jordan Lewis. I mean, it's similar kind of guy. Oh, he's um, way bigger, isn't he? Is he like 212 pounds and 511? Bigger, but he's the same <laughs> athlete. You know, I mean, oh, he's, okay. he's not – I mean, the reason why people move – most of the time when people want to move a guy to safety is because they run slow, which he did. But you could still be a slot and, uh, and, and be okay with his type of athleticism. So that's not the biggest deal in the world. There are other – full service boundary corners on the board, but, uh, you know, but Hey, if you want a slot guy that can fill that role, he definitely can fill that role. So if that's what you're trying to get. Okay. Then. And that brings us to pick number 77. And let's see. Thanks. And the saints are well represented. Give me a moment. I am giving you that. Now we'll use that moment to see if I can once again get a hold of Mark Chisholm. Okay, we will take. Uh, you know, I, I just yeah, I'll, I'll do it. We'll take Bucky Hodges, tight end from oh. Virginia Tech. Okay, nice. that's an interesting pick. That's an interesting pick. I I have been obviously very critical of Mr. Hodges, not so much because I don't think he's a great athlete and because he's a big, interesting body. But as you and I have both noticed, they've taken him out of short yardage and goal line situations because they literally have wide receivers who are better blockers than he is. So you might assume he'll be mostly playing split out. Would that be a good assumption? Well, essentially I'm going to be taking a, a six-foot-six inline tight end and, and making sure he mainly just plays H-back. So that's Pretty much, it's like the opposite effect, I guess. You know, uh, but yeah, I mean, a seam stretcher, similar. I, I don't, I don't think he's going to be the next Jimmy Graham, but could he be the next Jared Cook? Very possible. Yeah. So, possible. you know, I, I think that that's kind of what you should expect as a guy that, you know, can be a mismatch down the seam and uh, do stuff like that for the Saints because they, they've been trying to find that guy ever since Jimmy Graham left. And they don't quite have that guy yet. But I think adding him will kind of – because, again, it's about mismatches, you know. John Ross is a mismatch. The Kiyajis is technically a mismatch. So that's kind of what Sean Payton likes. And I think Bucky Hodges kind of fits that. Oh, I agree. He is – he's going to be difficult to defend when he's, you know, running those little speed outs 
you know, near near the, you know, from the six-yard line, he runs a little speed out that allows him to head towards the pylon and jump up. And all you got to do is be kind of, sort of, close to his area. I mean, that's the one thing he can do. And again, I'm just saying, if you if you are a safety playing the Saints, and you have John Ross to your right and Bucky Hodges to your left, what do you do? <laughs> yeah. Well, to to quote the philosopher and poet Isaiah Lucini, you could always get um, um, Mo Claiborne. Yeah, <laughs> you could always get Mo Claiborne. <laughs> Okay. Taking too many shots so, at me. So we have Bucky Hodges off the board. And he is definitely a weapon, especially in certain parts of the field. That brings us to The Cardinals. Cardinals. And I know that pick is probably in if I know. Joe Mathis. Okay. So, Mr. Mr. Um, kind of breakable himself. So, tell us about the thinking there. I mean, obviously, people are afraid of the medical, but what is it you like about him? I just think he has put up good tape when he's healthy, but that's the issue. I mean, he'd be a lot higher on the board if he was healthy. But saying we are really bad at outside linebacker, Joe Mathis was the highest there for me. Okay. Got it. Joe Mathis would be a first-rounder without the medicals, in my opinion. Well, if he played every game this year. No, I watched a lot of the Pac-12 games. Mathis ate it up before he got hurt. He, just, he was they destroyed Stanford. He single-handedly he did. Oh yeah. He ate apart nope. the Stanford Cardinals offensive line. He just it was ridiculous that game. Yeah, that, that was the best game of his entire career. And he certainly had other good yeah. games. I mean, but... He had the game against yeah, Oregon, I believe. And the Apple Cup, not this year, but the year prior. But that's the thing. I mean, every at some point every year, he seems to break down, even even not for a long time, at least a little bit physically. So that's the big question is, if, of course, he can keep it all together for a 16-game season, which will be be determined, but that's why we do these. We to play the games, is the old thing goes. So that brings us to pick number 79. I mean, sorry, 70. 78. Sorry, 78, sorry. And the Ravens uh, are on the clock. The on the clock. They haven't taken and... any Alabama players yet. Just a <laughs> well, Ryan Anderson's gone. Tim Williams is gone. Um, obviously, Allen is gone. Oh, oh, but believe it or not, they do have one rated fairly, fairly high who is here. 
Um, it looks like the highest-rated Alabama player available to them is Ardarius Stewart, but they may have another player available oh, to them. Don't do it. Hold on. I'm going to see. That's not who. That's, that Alex is their highest-rated player. That is someone actually rated in a different round because this is this is in the third. But they have. I think they have a holdover from an earlier round. They do. The Deion Dawkins is still available, right? Yes. Yep. Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. So that's the highest rated. Let me double check. That's in the second. Let me see if there's any of their first round players still available. Sometimes I forget to check all the way back to the first. Um, oh my gosh. Come on. Okay, here we go. Um, And Kamara's been picked, right? He is not. No, oh, he's really? available. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, I take it back. Um, Kamara's the pick. That's the highest rated player mm-hmm. on the board. Now, I know, if I'm going to guess based on your hmm, uh, is that a concern about his production or lack thereof, Jim? I mean, it depends on what you see him as. If you just think that he's always going to be a, uh, you know, a committee back and that's going to be his career, fine. You know, if you think he has the potential to be a pro bowler or something like that, there hasn't been a guy with his production become a pro bowler since the 1980s, which was a completely different era of football. So, you know, when they had H-backs and a lot more um, wishbones and stuff like that. So, I don't know. It's just a concern. All it is. Right. Right. And Jim Jim is the biggest buzzkill on draft Twitter. <laughs> Tell me about because it. He, Fine, because he's but it's because he's usually right that it's such a buzzkill. <laughs> you know, because he's usually right. He's he's back I mean, like eighty percent. My only issue with Kamar on film is yeah, he's had these flash plays. Or he's had a game here or there where he like looked really good, but that was mixed in with other games where he he just seemed to struggle to break tackles, struggle to really show. I mean, basically, my scouting report on film of him was just a space back uh, committee, you know, kind of guy. And then when you look at the data and it kind of backs that up, you just kind of go, okay, there's a lot of other backs that have proven to be workhorses. Some of them with better athletes, like I don't know. I just think he's just a little overvalued is all I'm trying to say. Yeah, well, the people – there were even a couple people who called him the best back in the class at one point, and that, that just seemed crazy. Right. But Stuff like that <laughs> is kind of – especially when you have a class that has as many running backs as we have, you know. Um, as many quality kind running backs, yes. Kind of a weird 
statement to make, I guess. Yeah. Well, I think the term you're looking for is crazy talk. Uh, <laughs> let's see. So that puts us at pick 79. And let me just take a point again. No, I think that's the Vikings, isn't it? Yeah, it's the Vikings. Um, Yeah. Give me a moment. Um, Come on. No Josh Zimmer this year. Yeah, yep. Unfortunately, he is. Well, not unfortunately. um, It's actually great news. He is super swamped with uh, work for the newspaper. Okay, so the run-on, big-bodied Michigan defensive lineman, I guess, is continuing or beginning or whatever term you want to use as Chris Warmly, the defensive end slash defensive tackle for Michigan is off the board. And, Jim, if I remember correctly, that's another guy that you were worried about from a production standpoint. Is that correct? I mean, I, you know, if you just want to keep having a buzzkill here, I mean, yeah, he he basically production-wise was Rashid Hageman all over again, just in terms of you know being a, a great athlete but having a lack of production, significant lack of production. Um, so that doesn't match up that well, I guess. So I mean, he has all the physical tools. I mean, he's six five, he's you know, almost three hundred pounds. Um, as a five tech, he has all those physical attributes, but when you don't have the production to match the athleticism, that's where you end up having busts and guys that disappoint you and stuff like that. So, but hey, at least he's not going to the Steelers in the first round. I mean, because that's what some Woo-hoo! of the buzz was. <laughs> yes, I'm so happy to see that. <laughs> you know, before yeah. I yeah, that people were rejecting him. That I heard the. I'm sorry. I heard the Chris Womley, Derek Wolf comp. I think Wolf was a way better prospect coming out of Cincinnati. Well, he has two main. Yeah, he has two main things that set him apart. One, as Jim will point out, he was a much bigger part of his team production on things like total tackles and tackles for loss. Uh, exactly. Where Womley has, for whatever reason, not been able to do much in those two areas for whatever reason, and if memory serves me correctly, and I'm not looking at anything, I'm going off my brain, uh, which is sometimes not perfect, I think he tested out stronger. Um, Probably not as fast or as quick, but I think he had better numbers in the bench and probably about the same, I think, in the lower body strength testing, like broad and vertical, but was heavier. And Jim will either tell me if I'm right or wrong. I'm going off, like I said, my not exactly perfect memory. I mean, Derek Wolf was a good athlete, you know, um, on top of having good production. I mean, in many ways, Derek Wolf is kind of like a, 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 the glass version of Justin Smith, only in the sense that he's had to deal with a lot of injuries in his career but they're very similar just in terms of, uh, you know, production, size, stuff like that. Yeah. I think even if you get sort of a poor man's version of Justin Smith, you usually feel pretty good about it because Justin Smith types are harder and harder to come by in this world. 
Uh, it's funny because at one point Justin Smith was almost written off as a bust. The Bengals did not were not impressed with him, and you know it only it really took a second half of his career revitalization uh, you know, turnaround, what you would call it, to even have us think of him as a very good player because. You know, at year four of his career, there was a lot of grousing in, um, you know, in uh, in Cincinnati about, you know, because they thought he was going to be a double-digit sack guy. And they just had misread the kind of player he was. That brings us to pick number 80. Number 80. And on the clock. The Colts. The Colts are on the clock. Well, your friend Ben submitted his board, so give me up, not Ben, Solomon, um, but I guess he, his nickname for himself, I guess, is um, what, Ben, uh, what's he called himself? Ben, oh, wait, hold on. Is this the same thing twice? Okay, I think it is. One moment. So there's a couple of players on the board who are fairly high. Who's the highest of them? And once again, good on you, Solomon, since you aren't here yet, at least having your board in. We just navigate through. Uh, That must be here. No, must be here. Okay. Ah, here we go. Yeah, the Eagles and the Colts, right? Okay, here we go. Uh, oh, also, uh, Isaiah, if you can get word to him, I know he's probably just getting off work now. Yeah. If you can get word to him that, you know, as soon as he's able to call in, I know he's probably just walking off work and see, that would be great. But I think oh, I he, have... He, he direct messaged me, said he'll be on when he gets off. Okay, perfect. That's good to me. Oh, come on. Good to know.
What have I missed? Oh, do you okay? Well, to recap, the last uh, well, the last couple picks, uh, at least from the start, uh, the Cleveland Browns took Larry Agunjili. Uh, the 49ers took Desmond King, cornerback out of Iowa. The Chicago Bears at pick 67 took Gerald Everett, tight end out of South Alabama. Jacksonville Jaguars at 68 took Trey Hendrickson. Edge slash defensive end out of Florida Atlantic. The Rams, LA Rams, took Pat Elfline at 69 center out of Ohio State. The Jets took Quincy Wilson, cornerback out of Florida. The Chargers took Justin Evans, safety out of Texas A&M. The Patriots took Terrell Basham from Ohio Edge. Kez Tabor went to the Bengals at 73 from Florida. Derek Rivers from Youngstown State went to the Rams at 74. Howard Wilson at 75 went to the Bills. And he's a cornerback from Houston. Bucky Hodges, tight end out of Virginia Tech, went to the Saints at 76. Joe Mathis, the edge from Washington, went to the Arizona Cardinals at 77. Alvin Kamara, went to the Ravens at 78, and then Chris Wormley, defensive tackle slash edge or something like that, from Michigan, went to the Minnesota Vikings, and now we are at pick 80 with the Colts. Those are all the guys. All right, so with the 80th pick in the NFL draft, the Indianapolis Colts select Lorenzo Jerome, safety, St. Francis. One more time, please. Lorenzo Jerome, safety, safety. Oh, Lorenzo Francis. Okay. Any concerns about the about the straight line speed? Not really. I feel like he produces. Like, I feel like he produces uh, light speed and loose hips, which I think is a really good change of direction. So I'm not entirely concerned about that. And he's a guy that benefited great from the coaching he received at the NFLPA. Uh, he got a chance to be around Daryl Green. And I, I I must assume that Daryl Green just does not want at this moment to coach in the NFL because I cannot imagine for the life of me why there's not an NFL team that has snapped up Daryl Green as a defensive backs coach. I've had the opportunity on a couple of different occasions to watch Daryl Green work with young defensive backs in the NFLPA game, and he is amazing. What he managed to impart to them so quickly and have them looking so much better within a matter of really two or three practices. Okay, so. Got it. To the Colts, pick number 81. And we have Oklahoma, I mean, uh, Washington. Um, and that is, let's see, so highest rated playoff.
probably did finally take Montavious Adams, right? No, he's still available. Oh, really? Well, there we go. Well, there we go. Uh, Montavious Adams. They wanted to get better in the trenches. They just did. A player who truly does run hot and cold, as they say. You could put together a, you know, 30-play package that would make him look like a guy should go in the top 10, and you could put together a four-game package where you don't know he's even there hardly. So it's a, uh, you know, what's the old thing? Well, it's not so much boom or bust, I guess, at this point in the draft. The people who want to take him in the first, I guess it would be more of a boom or bust situation. In terms of Nick Fairley, not to pigeonhole him, at the Auburn sort of under-tackle thing. But, Jim, how did he and, and Nick Fairley stack up against each other in terms of testing and production? Well, I mean, Nick Fairley is a more productive player. You know, he's more productive um, when it comes to athleticism-wise. He's a little bit more flexible, um, and I'm talking about Fairley more so than Adams. Adams is fast. Yeah. He's very fast. Yes, he is. He fits a tackle for his size. Not the most explosive, although he is a little above average in explosiveness, a little above average in flexibility. So, I mean, he has all the sort of stuff that you want. His production is, you know, starter level, you know. Um, so, I mean, it's it's not necessarily something that you would get super excited about. But he is, you know, athletic. At least his speed, he has elite speed. I mean, that's the best thing I can say for a defensive tackle. So if you okay. are a team that wants a guy to penetrate, get upfield, you know, and not necessarily tackle people, then there you go. <laughs> so. Okay. Mon Adams. Well, you know the old saying, disruption is productive. So uh, that brings us to Denver on the clock. The Denver Broncos take Carlos Henderson, wide receiver from Louisiana Tech. That's good value. Good value. He's fun to see a fun tape. I mean, if we're putting on like an all fun tape team, he's on the all fun tape team. Tell me about your, what you, you know, once again, what role he'll have on your team and what do you like about it? Well, I think uh, this year with McCoy coming back as offensive coordinator, they're going to have three, more three wide receiver sets in Denver. Uh, and honestly, I'm not really sold on DT being a long-term wide receiver for Denver after maybe a year or two. I think he's being okay. extremely overpaid and he's underperforming. Okay. Well, he was obviously and, uh, and I like a Henderson. What's that? Yes. I was saying that obviously Thomas was raw uh, and never has completely mastered the fine points of the position. I think it's the main amongst the main things that people complain about. Yeah, and Henderson is the position. It's he a position. I, I, they, they drafted Latimer a few years ago from Indiana. He hasn't panned out. He hasn't been all that great. He's more of a special teams guy. They need a definite three and maybe someone who can step in to a one or two slot down the road. And so that's why I like the Henderson pick. Okay. And Isaiah, did you uh, – are you continuing on with the Titans 
or, I am. or not? But you are? Okay. Well, then you are on the clock, sir. Cameron Sutton. <laughs> and I think, once again, I think, actually, Steve would, would approve at this point of getting Cameron Sutton. You obviously are a fan and have been for a couple of years. Tell people what it is you like about Cam Sutton. Oh, boy. I say, are you gone again? Okay. Maybe it's because he's in a loud... If you are in a noisy area, then I appreciate your being so careful about background noise. But, yes, Cam Sutton is a guy that Isaiah has sort of warmed me up to after a couple of years of getting on me because he had, like, a first-round grade on the guy, you know, going into his junior year. And I was like... <laughs> but uh, I've warmed up. He's, he's a guy I could see being part of that. Once again, you need at least three cover people in the, you know, the heart of your secondary. Now, if you have an elite level free safety, I mean, a guy who can do what Earl Thomas does where he covers when he has to step into man coverage and do it like a corner or better than most, then you can get away with two of those elite corner people or elite coverage who are being corners and one being in free safety. But most teams do not have Earl Thomas. Uh, if you check their rosters, you will see that most teams do not have Earl Thomas. So that means that that third person is your nickel corner and you don't have the, the luxury of just walking down, you know, one of your safeties. And yeah, I could see Cam Sutton. And once again, some people talk about moving into safety and I'm not, I'm not sure why, you know, but really, I mean, I mean, he's played yeah. a little bit of safety. He's not necessarily yeah. great at it. Yes, exactly. That being hundred percent. Unlike other players that are playing to move it, like they never played that position. Right. Right. I think people misunderstand how – I think they don't realize how different those positions are from each other. But I agree. That's good value. You did a good job there. I think Steve will be pleased. And he's also one of his volunteers. Yeah, and he's all right. Exactly. It, it satisfies him on several levels. It's a team need. It's good value and a volunteer. You, you hit not the ball of the park there, Isaiah. That brings us to pit number 84. I think some people could argue that this is a better selection than Jordan Lewis. Um, but this brings us to, well, I mean, whatever. Uh, that brings us to pick number 84 and highest rated player on the board for Tampa Bay. Give me a moment. They may have some people from, they have a, a, their board is different. So give me a moment. They may have people <laughs> like, with, with like first down, first, like first on their board may still be on this board. Let me just double check though. Uh, let me scroll, I have to go all the way back on this one. Which is cool. I mean, it's cool to see how different people's sports are. That's one of the, my favorite parts of this, actually, is seeing how differently a guy is, like Patrick Mahomes. Some people have him literally as like an early third, and some people have him in the top ten. Most years it would be, but it's a developmental year, so why not? <laughs> and he's the most upset of any quarterback. He's got, yeah, that he's got in spades. I People mean, would argue Kaiser does, but I don't see it. Well, you can certainly argue that, but um, I mean, if you just look at the two people on tape and you say who can operate in more chaotic situations at a higher level, I think it's pretty clear what the answer is. Now, if you're talking about a, a really more well-protected, you know, things are going well situation, then now you've got a, a different conversation to have. The, the gap is, is narrowed. But Mahomes reminds me of Favre a little bit. I've heard Favre. To me, it's more like Stafford. But, you know, you're splitting hairs at that point. 
Uh, let's see. The highest rated player still available would appear to be Dion Dawkins. Okay, it is. Dion Dawkins. Temple. There's some need and value. It is need and value, right. Need and value meets. That's a good thing. <laughs> That's a good thing when you get need and value meeting. That's what you want to happen, actually, in case you're wondering. Those who are wondering how that should work. Um, going to Tampa Bay. 84th selection. And conceivably, he could play three different positions, um, as many as three different positions on the line. I think some people think he could hold up fairly well at right tackle. I think people see, most people see him as a potentially elite level guard. And once again, a guy who I am almost certain will be taught to play a little center just in case. Uh, let's see, Temple University. I always get happy when a Temple Owl gets their, their wings, gets their chance to play at the next level. That brings us to the 85th selection. And let's see. On the clock. Detroit. And this particular board is wreckage. Give me a moment here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> woo! Very, very mean of you to say. Just kidding. It's not mean. I don't mean wreckage. <laughs> I just mean that, like, I'll, they a lot of their players have already been picked that they had targeted in this round. That's all I meant. So I guess a better way to put it is they are thinking more in line with others than some other people are, if you want to think of it that way. Uh, might be gotcha. Let me just double check. Oh. I know, <laughs> I know. Be nice. Um, let me just double check, though. That's a... See, I'm, that's when I, that's, I was scrolling fast, and I have to scroll slowly to make sure I didn't miss somebody. Okay, so it looks like the highest rated. Hold on. Well, let's see. So we've got in sort of this order: um, Connor McDermott, Devin Gacho, and Cooper Cup. And I think all. Yeah, I know. I know. Be nice. Um, um, yeah, that's what I've got. Is this a fifth round board? It is not a fifth round board, no. It is. Wow. Let me just double check. That's why. That's why I double check to make sure I haven't missed somebody. Triple checking right now. Yes. Well, I guess I'm actually triple checking. Um, see, we've got Gotcha Cup. 
and Connor McDermott. Let me just see if there's I'm gonna one last sweep to make sure I didn't somehow miss somebody. Oh, you know what? I kind I kind of did. So rated at the tail end of the first action on this board is actually Akella Witherspoon from uh, Colorado. Okay. And I hadn't trolled that far. <laughs> so that does that clean us out for uh, Colorado DBs? I don't think it does. Well, there's Tedrick Thompson, too. That's right. Yeah, that's right. We still have Thompson, though. That's right. He'll probably go somewhere in the next round. Let me see. Witherspoon. Cornerback. Colorado. Long. Reasonably strong. Some people have attempted to compare him to, you know, various Seattle cornerbacks. Obviously, Chase, you've seen a fair amount of it. What do you think about Witherspoon? Yes, I saw a lot of them. Actually, you know, obviously, I went to every yep. home game, but obviously, yes. What do you think? Yeah, uh, I see more like Sean Smith kind of play. Mm-hmm. You know, more than I think he might transit trans transition to like maybe a safety or. A, or a slot corner rather than, let's say, plays on the outside. If he if he goes to a team that, you know, has the Richard Sherman type of, you know, nickel, you play your one side and that whole thing, he's not the kind of guy that you want keying on your number one. <laughs> no. No, I guess okay. you might not like that... him chasing. Like you, you might not like the idea of him chasing like Antonio Brown all over the field. Yeah, you don't you don't want yeah. him to do that. You want him to play in the right Brown team. <laughs> yeah, that, that I agree. That would probably not be the best use. That I mean, Aduze was was kind of the guy who roamed around all over. Was coming out next year. Was really yeah. great in that position. But Witherspoon, I would pick him but I would be careful in which system that he would be selected in. Got it. And so the Vikings, by way of the Dolphins, have the 86th selection. And I mean to go. You can poke it. Wait, show it again? You can poke it. Are you just, is that a question? <laughs> no, no, I'm like, this is probably the best spot for him to go for the Vikings. Uh-oh, okay, just making sure, just making sure. Uh, let's see. Well, let's see. There there are players rated above him on their board, though. Um, are we doing around three, three to five today? Uh, say that again, please. We're doing rounds three through five or three through four. I'm still not quite catching that. He's asking what rounds we're doing today. Oh, three, uh, three, four, and five. Um, if we can get through uh, three, four, and five, and if if we don't finish five, five will be finished tomorrow with six okay. and seven. Thank you. No, my pleasure. Uh, so it looks like the highest-rated player on their board is wide receiver Dee Dee Westbrook. So it looks like. Solid. 
Absolutely. Uh, they got three machines. Hmm. A player that, once again, I think is not for off-field stuff, would probably go about 60 picks earlier. <laughs> Other than his leaner lean frame? Well, when you say his lean frame, when you say his lean frame, how different is his frame from Antonio Brown's frame? In fact, he's probably a little bigger. Not much bigger. <laughs> well, a little bigger than Antonio Brown. I probably would keep him away from, you know, running towards the middle of the field a lot, though he's done it in his career. I mean, he's run every... He probably has – I'm not looking at his, you know, reception, perception or whatever, but I think he's probably run as many different kinds of routes, if not more, than any other receiver in this class. Because I've seen him in the slot. I've seen him line up at X. I've seen him line up at Z. Um, I don't think they had him line up in the backfield ever, but I think they've lined him up in the slot, slot left and slot right or slight weak, slot strong, whatever you would call it, as well as – both of the outside positions. I mean, they've moved around because I keep the key on him. And he's roasted. I mean, roasted people all year long. Uh, I'm trying to think of even somebody that had a decent game against him. It's hard to think of it. Somebody even held up. I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm assuming you probably watched him against Colorado, right, Chase? I'm sorry, I didn't catch that last part. Oh, I was, I was saying, I'm assuming you watched when when he faced Colorado or Colorado faced him or whatever term you prefer to use. Again, I've got a loss. I'm sorry. Oh, I, I, was, we I, were talking, I, I literally put my phone down. Phone oh, down for a we, were talking about, we were talking about D.D. Westbrook, and I was saying you probably got a chance to see him work against the best conference. I mean, you're obviously the best, com- the best uh, secondary in the conference. What kind of things did you notice about how they tried to defend D.D. Westbrook? Well, D.D. Westbrook plays in the Big Ten. He doesn't play against Colorado. He's in Oklahoma. Uh, oh, that's right. I keep, I keep bringing Colorado left the damn Big 12. Uh, oh, <laughs> I, I, I love right. the old Big 12. But actually, I watched yeah, a lot of D.D. Westbrook. And one thing that I really liked about him, necessarily not that he has fast speed, but he has great separation speed. Like when the ball is in the air, he can get that extra foot. You know that extra yeah, that's, that's yard. Yeah, because, that's because that's because he, he that's because he makes you think he's running full out when he isn't, which is what Jerry Rice did time. and all the other great ones time did. They, it looks like they're going full speed, but guess what? There's a fifth gear you were prepared for, and then they flip the button and hit the Knox bottle, and boo! Oh, the nitrous kicks in. Oh, see, I had some left. You don't. That's kind of kind of what he has. He has that. Uh, he also is. I don't know because I, again, I watched a lot of D.D. Westbrook on on film, he really works the sideline really well. Yep. I don't know if, if anyone's ever Less noticed that. That's body control. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's where does. you find out who, who really has body control. The guys that consistently, in college, when they don't need to get two feet in, just for practice, you know, they need two feet in while they're still in college, those are the guys with great body control. You know, when they're having to, to do all the, what, you know, toe drag, flag, or whatever, regardless uh, of to call it, but that's all about body control. That's that's why I worry about some of the guys, some of the big-bodied guys who don't have great body control, 
and are barely getting one toe of one foot in, it's like, well, what's going to happen when you got to get that second one down? Because that's going to be harder to do, especially if you're a big guy without great body control. Yeah, and D.B. Westbrook's not the kind of player who's overly physical, obviously, because he, he's like 180 with a wet blanket on him. But <laughs> a big part of him is he has that he has that presence where he, he knows the sideline, he knows the field, he's a good football player in that regard. Sure. I mean, he is about the same, uh, slightly slightly larger, like maybe two pounds heavier and, you know, a half an inch taller than, say, Antonio Brown and about the same height, but 10 pounds are so heavier than, say, Deshaun Jackson. So there clearly are some guys who've been physically similar and it's had good careers. And I think the thing I like most about Westbrook, as you mentioned, one, is his great body control, and two, is he really manipulates defensive backs with his use of speed. So he is fast, but he doesn't let you know just how fast until it's too late. That's what he does. I've played defensive back, and you hate those guys. <laughs> you know, when you, they spend the whole day, you know, running seven-eighths pretty much of what their full speed is, and then on that and nine line, when you think by, yeah. Yes, when you've calculated, you think you've calculated just what angle and just whatever you need to be at the right at the point, you know, at the catch point, and then oh wait, hold on. Yeah. Like I said, they flip a little switch and then the Knox bottle, you know, the Knox bottle kicks in and oh, there goes the nitrous, there goes goal lines, headlines. He's picked up pom poms, he's dancing with the cheerleaders. You know, every time I've gone back and every time I've gone back and looked at Westbrook, he does that every time. All of a sudden, a corner is with him, and he's running with him, and then, boom, he's a yard ahead at the point of catch. Yep. He, yep. Every time. That's why he was a touchdown leader, I believe. That would be why. You are correct. Yeah, he was – I mean, despite the speed – I mean, he's not as fast as a John Ross. He actually does that slightly better than Ross. I mean, Ross is a guy that comes at you, you know, like gangbusters, like, oh, my God but he doesn't set you up as well as Westbrook does. People just back the hell off. You know, <laughs> it's what happens with John Ross. Let me just back off a little more. You know, but yeah, he doesn't do as quite a good job as about that. tricking you. Yes. Well, right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's, that's, it's not always a perfect solution, just taking another step and another step. And at some point now, he's just catching balls underneath you all day long. Okay, so that brings us to the 87th selection. And we have... Uh, not you. Uh, Matt texted me his pick. Yes. Yeah, Matt said uh, he'll take uh, Duke Riley, linebacker LSU. Oh, there's a late, quote-unquote, late riser. A guy that most people have about a fifth on coming into the season. Riley. Coming into the season. I mean, if that. But he's obviously helped himself in the in the season and then obviously after the season. Jim, how does he stack up in terms of both the physical and the, the test the um, production metrics? LSU linebacker. Oh, well, in terms of uh, athleticism, I mean, he has uh, 
Everybody okay? <laughs> I have no idea yeah, who somebody's that. at my yeah, somebody's at my door. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, what, sorry, what was that, Jim? Okay. I think Jim may have stepped on a dog. I think Jim may have stepped on someone's dog. Well, Jim will return at some point, and I may re-ask the question. But that the Giants now have Duke Johnson. Uh, just Duke Johnson. There's a Duke Johnson. Duke that's not him. A Duke Riley. Yes. Yeah, see, what is it? And there's another. There's a third Duke. He's a he's a safety. I can't remember where he landed. But yeah, we've got. So now the NFL will have three Dukes. So that puts us at pick number 88. Oh, and we need Jim back. Okay, well, hopefully Jim will return. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jim, where are you? He's got a board there, yeah, well, too. Yes, I know, I know. Well, hopefully Jim is not, you know, going all Ismail some more on someone's companion animal. <laughs> Jim Cobert. Yeah. Well, we should have turned back moment. Alrighty. Well, while we're waiting, <laughs> uh, you want to do a quick recap? That's what I'm thinking. So, going from, we had, uh, of course, uh, Pete Smith. Gave us a little sneak peek yesterday by tossing Mr. Hogan Joby our way, who is brilliant and Nigerian and very athletic. And then we had Desmond King off the board, pick 66. We had Gerald Everett from South Alabama, who is sort of a, I want to say poor man's Evan Ingram, more like a working class man's Evan Ingram. Uh, then we had Trey Hendrickson to the Jaguars. We have Pat Duffline with pick 69. Quincy Wilson went at pick 70. Justin Evans, pick 71. The Patriots got Terrell Basham, who was an interesting... That that would be... If that happens in the real world, it would be interesting to see what they do with him as well. He can be sort of their new Chris Long or their new... Um, I guess he's not quite Chandler Jones, but maybe used the same way. Then we got... Tease Tabor slide ends at pick 74. The Ravens picked up Derek Rivers. The Bills got Howard Wilson from Houston. And then Bucky Hodges went at pick 77. To the Saints, Joe, Joe Mathis, your life is calling you to Arizona. And then Alvin Kamara went pick 78 to the Ravens. Pick 79, Chris Wormley went to Minnesota, which actually feels like that could actually happen as well. With him sort of having a Bengals-esque approach sometimes to... Oh, I think Jim's back. Is that you back, Jim? No? Maybe not? Okay. Uh, let me learn some Trump going at pick number 80. We had Washington picking up Montrevious Adams. The very uh, quick but not super productive defensive tackle Marlboro. The Broncos uh, got Carlos Henderson's one of the top 10 guys in the sort of all-fun tape list. Then we had the Titans pick up Cameron Sutton from Tennessee. Tampa Bay got Deion Dawkins. Akello Witherspoon, Colorado, was pick 85. 
Then at pick 86, the Vikings got D.D. almost said Lattimore, D.D. Westbrook. And then at pick 87, Duke Riley went to LSU, uh, went from LSU, sorry, to the Giants. And now we're waiting for the Raiders pick. Yeah, we're going to take Nico Saragusa, guard from from San Diego State. State. Yep. He's big and strong. Nico Saragusa. Yes, Nico Saragusa. Now, metric-wise, who do you see compared to, Jim? Yeah, so we have a question from Isaiah. Isaiah wants to know who Nico Saragusa is like. I don't know. Any great guard? I mean, you know. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Name of the guard. Elite flexibility. Yeah, I mean, what else do you want? I don't know. Basically, Gabe Jackson with more flexibility. So, you're talking about athletes. So, and he was the key to the running game. I mean, there's a reason. I mean, Dylan Pumphrey is a player I really like. But if you watch a lot of Dylan Pumphrey tape, and I do, Saragusa was an absolute animal in the running game. They they pulled him a lot, and he found people, and he he gave a lot of linebackers some really bad days in the office. And that brings us now to – oh, wait, before we, we move on, I'd ask you a quick question about Duke Riley just before you apparently started having some sort of dogfight. And if you were comparing Duke Riley in terms of production and um, uh, physical as well, you know, who he, who he is physically in terms of how he tested and, of course, how he produced, who would he resemble? He resembles good production like that. Um, Ben Lieber. You know, okay. Former, ben former Lieber Vikings. From Kansas State. From Kansas uh, State and the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Ryan broadcaster. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, Ryan Maluga is somebody I think people like. People like. People feel good about that. Okay. And in terms of testing, he well, I'm pretty sure he tested better than Lieber, right? He's okay. I mean, he. there was a lot of linebackers that um, – there's only like three linebackers who had 80 or 90 percent toss, but other than Trace. But he was in the sort of 60s, 70s kind of area, which is good. I mean, you know, it's above average in terms yeah. of everything. He just isn't elite. Now, there isn't yeah. any Luke Keekleys or Ray Lewis's. Or no, there's none of those to be had in the entire class, unfortunately. This is not the year to stock up on interior middle linebackers. I mean, if you find one you like, you know, that's cool. But, yeah, we're, this is unlikely to be one of those classes where we look back and think, wow, man, that guy was amazing. I mean, I heard people try to compare people to Patrick Willis, and I was like, well, you may want to put on some more Patrick Willis tape. <laughs> you may not have watched Patrick Willis at Ole Miss quite enough. But, yeah, so Duke Riley off the board, and now Nico Saragusa is off the board, brings us to the 89th selection. And we have Seattle on the clock. Oh, great. No GM. Steve from yesterday. Well, hold on. Give me a moment. I do have a board. Oh, give me a second. Uh, 
like it might be. Okay, it is. To pick us in, it is Samaj P. Ryan, running back from Oklahoma. Interesting. Well, he's a record holder uh, <laughs> at a school that's had some pretty darn good running backs. And, of course, a classic between the tackles, Thumper. And they like that. Um, they like guys who can get hard yards. So I guess he'll be part of a, you know, I know Jim's not a big fan, but a quote-unquote running back by committee system. And he's clearly going to be the big back in that committee. Pick number 91. Kansas City was Mark the Shark. It was a momento. Who's on the clock? Well, Mark. Let me see. I'll tell you in a second who we've got. Uh, highest rated here. Oh, okay. That's not. It's not a terrible pick, actually. Uh, Demarcus Walker going to State University. I know some people are turned off by his three cone, but he's got decent tape. And it's sure that'll make Jeff Lloyd happy. Okay, let's see. Now, Jim, how big? Who who did Houston take at 89? At 89, Houston to... Oh, wait, hold on. Did I skip someone's mail? Oh, I I did. I did, because I'm like... I think you're right. I think you're right. Hold on. Because originally that was... Oh, good Lord. Okay, I got to go back to another board. Okay, that's fantasy football man-man or whatever. Let me find his board. Um, Darn it. You're right. I did. Okay. Sorry. Let me go back to his board. Okay, pick 89. Oh, yep, I did. Um, highest rated player. Might be, could be. Uh, the highest rated player on that board is Ardarius. Stewart from Alabama. Oh, that's sorry. So, sorry, Texans. But you still got your player. Nobody else picked him. 
Texans, our Darius Stewart. There are some people who really love our Darius Stewart. Now, Jim, I'm assuming it's a combination of production. I guess it's probably mostly production. That's how he's needed to probably be concerned, I'm guessing, regarding our Darius Stewart. I think his production solid. I mean, it's a little bit above starter level, so um, I wouldn't say there's anything to really worry about with our Darius Stewart. He just isn't exactly future Hall of Famer, I guess, is all I'm trying to say. Got it. People are just saying he's better than Calvin Ridley. Say that again, Isaiah? People are saying he's better than Calvin Ridley. They don't buy it. Well, I don't think, yeah. I mean, they're different kinds of players. I, he's, to me, he's sort of like a, a smaller, faster version of a guy like, um, oh, what's his name? The converted quarterback from Rutgers. Uh, um, what, oh, my gosh. Um, now I'm blanking on the name. Oh, my gosh. But I think he has a chance to be what some people thought that uh, Braxton, gets very quick, Braxton Miller ended up not quite being so far. I think our Darius Stewart actually will be. Okay, so um, Texans 89 or Darius Stewart, wide receiver Alabama. Seattle got Samaj Pirine. Demarcus Walker picked 91, went uh, from Florida State. 91st overall, that brings us to selection 92. Dallas is on the clock. And... Oh, okay. It's not a terrible pick. Uh, Jake Butt, tight end from Michigan. He's going to obviously be sort of on the mothballs for a year. I guess they're hoping to have their PE1 of the future starting next year. I guess this is the thinking. That brings us to... But being the replacement for Jason Witten is a... <laughs> it's too obvious. Oh, I agree. That is too obvious. But if you'll pardon the use of that word... However, if you prefer, it makes sense in terms of once again need and value meeting at the, around this point in the in the process. And he is, you know, a guy who's a traditional inline Y. I think he's a little closer to Heath Miller, frankly, than he is to people forget how athletic, especially when he first came out, how athletic uh, Jason Witten was. I think there's sort of a it's an age thing. If you only remember Jason Witten for the last three or four years, you don't remember the Jason Witten I remember at Tennessee and early in his career with the Cowboys, who could flat out run. He could really, 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 really run. But if you're, you know, if you're a person who's like 15 or 20 or something, you don't remember that Jason Witten. You finally remember the Jason Witten who runs a bunch of eight-yard patterns. But, but I remember the Oh, I'm the in my early Jason 30s. I remember, I remember athletic Jason Witten. Yes, I do too. <laughs> um and it's only by starting out that athletic that you can continue to play as long as he has because as you lose a little something, if you're a guy who's a below-average athlete, which you lose a little something, you're out of the league. If your guy's an elite-level athlete, which you lose a little something, you're still a pretty good athlete. And 93. Um, let's see. 
Wait, hold on. Did I? Wait, just darn it. Did I skip Kansas City somehow? Did I skip Kansas City somehow? No, I didn't. Mark made the pick. Demarcus. I mean, I made it, but his board was in. Okay, got it. Okay, good. Um, then we're back on track. Oh, Green Bay. Okay. Let's see what we have from Donovan. Oh, <laughs> this is a cute pick. Well, by cute, I mean kind of funny. The pick is Nate Peterman. <laughs> wow. Damn. You're trading Brett Hundley and getting uh, Peterman. Well, I guess they're planning to move Hundley. You know, maybe the draft day trade is being cooked up. I don't know, man. <laughs> Let me just make sure I'm not getting confused. I love Maybe's... Hundley. I don't. I think he should be a, at least get a shot to start somewhere. I, I do as well. Oh, he's going to start. I think he will get a, if I can speak English, a shot to start somewhere. Be careful when you're saying a shot to start really fast, people. Um, <laughs> all kinds of things may come out if you're not careful. Uh, but yes, I think he will get a shot to start somewhere, and it might be as soon as this year. I mean, there's some teams that are kind of good that are desperate for a quarterback. If I'm, let's just say the Texans, or who else has really got a huge donut hole? The Browns. But are actually other, yeah, well, the Browns, the Browns are not one player away, I'd say, unfortunately. Um, yet, at least. They're not yet one player away. That might they might get to one player away at some point, but they haven't gotten there yet. The Vikings. The Vikings are a team that maybe want to consider at some point. Um, we'll see what happens with them. They've got sort of a, an asterisk beside their quarterback situation. But yes, I mean, if I'm the Texans, I'm at least going to kick the tires on Huntley. You know, what would it take? That kind of thing. Let me just take a look here. But yeah, I mean, that's like a that's like a fourth, fifth round pick. Oh, I'm, I'm not disagreeing it. with you. I'm just, I'm just telling you what I got here. Let me make sure I'm not getting confused about which of his boards is which. Um, uh, it's either Peterman or... Okay. He likes Peterman. I think it's what, what the takeaway you should, should have from this. Hey, if you're picking up beneath him, you should be celebrating if that's indeed the selection because that's probably not somebody you were going to take. <laughs> I mean, just so you just so you know, if you're looking for a way to think about this, just to uh, uh, just to get a quick recap. Uh, so yeah. the Seattle Seahawks took our Darius Stewart. Uh, a quick recap. So. Right. We have Perrine going to Seattle at 90. Our Darius Stewart went at oh. 89 okay. to the Texans. Sorry to about the that. Texans. Okay, and then who went to the Chiefs? The Chiefs got Demarcus Walker from Florida State University. Oh, okay. All right, all right, all right. I'm, I'm caught up. And then Nate, Nate Peterman was the choice for... I'm just confirming that. Yeah, I've got two boards from Donovan, and he may not have made it very clear which was which, so I'm just confirming. Um... <laughs> So I've got – oh, okay, I'm sorry. Peterman was supposed to be for his other team. Okay, so this is Aaron Jones, actually. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan, actually. I don't think he'll go this early, but I'm a big fan. And I think not enough people have watched Aaron Jones. It's the only reason that people aren't more excited about it. I mean, Jim, what does Alvin Kamara do that Aaron Jones – doesn't do maybe slightly better. 
I, you know, if if you're saying data wise, Aaron Jones does everything better than Alvin Kamara, but well, there we if have. You it. say film wise, and it becomes an opinion battle, a gift battle, a battle with the gift, right? So, but I I I don't really like gift battles, but yeah, I would say there's <laughs> just as many gifts of Aaron Jones doing cool things as there are Alvin Kamara doing cool things. So. So you're getting a rich man's Alvin Kamara, basically, when you get Aaron Jones. Or, you know, a, a better maybe example, the you know, the Lions running back they drafted uh, in the second round, I think last, maybe not last year, maybe 2015. Um, you know, but he's a perfect back for his own system. I mean, he has yeah. great explosiveness, uh, great flexibility. Um, so he fits that. He's basically like a Shanahan type of back, if you will, because he has yes, great he has a, a straight That's a good way to put it. That's a great way to put it. He's a Shanahan type of back. That's a very good way to put it. He's a lot like a bunch of running backs that is not, you know, maybe not quite Portis and maybe not quite Terrell Davis, but probably better than most of the other Shanahan backs. I like him. I like him a great deal. I would love to see him get picked this early. I don't think it will happen. Let's see. It brings us to the 94th selection. And it's you. It is. <laughs> well, this has actually worked out reasonably well. Um, there are a lot of pretty good players to choose from. I like when that happens. Oh, I hello. Think, yeah, I'm, I think I'm just Bill's at a funeral um, right now. No, I it think was, I think I'm Steelers draft board. I'm actually I'm actually so happy that but there's so many choices that a players I actually like. It's almost overwhelming how many good players uh, that I like are still in, here. I wasn't expecting quite. Well, you never expect to see that. But this is awesome. <laughs> uh, but I think I'm going. To take not a desperate need, but it, to me, it's just the best player by far still available. Taiwan Taylor, wide receiver, Western Kentucky, and that's another guy that I think would, people would be higher on. I think just more people have seen him. <laughs> I think I think he's one of the top five receivers in this class easily, and he doesn't really have a real weakness. I mean. Could he be better at some things? I think he could probably deal with press a little better. He's not bad at it. I think he just get better. But he's a pretty precise route runner. He's a good athlete. He's not huge, but he's got more. I think he's bigger than people think, though. Um, 5'11 and three quarters, I think, and about 201, 202. I can't remember exactly what now, but I, bigger than people think. He's not little, I guess is what I'm driving at. And what was his testing like 
physically speaking, Jim? Like, where where do you fall? Right. Uh, well, he was, you know, 80 percentile explosiveness, 77 percentile speed, and his best attribute attribute was flexibility. He had 95 percentile. Nice. Uh, 95% flexibility. So you're essentially talking about a guy who is, would excel in a slot system, but he's fast. He, he wins in a multitude of ways. He can win with speed. He can win with flexibility. He can win with explosiveness. So he's just all around above average athlete. So Yeah, I, really I like him a lot. And so when people's contracts start coming up, you know, <laughs> I don't have to overpay to hold on to some of these people. I can, uh, if I have to, I can move on and have, I think, a really good option, you know, a new person to step in and be that guy if I have to let a receiver go. But, yeah, he's fun. He is my idea of a good time. That brings us to pick number 95. And let's just take a quick look. Uh, that would be... Oh, yes. Yeah. So back to Mark and his abilities of players that he likes. And I think the highest rated player might be Todd. So who who did the Falcons take? I'm just I'm just double checking to see if indeed this is the first of all that these are players that have not been selected yet. Uh, looks like the highest rated player who has not been taken in. They're all gone. Okay, so everybody, everybody in the first is completely gone. So we're looking at the second round board. Looks like it looks like Tankersley. 
Yep. Uh, why not? Cordia Tankersley. Cordia Tankersley, cornerback, Clemson. Who I guess first came to notice as the other corner back when Mac Alexander was, you know, doing his young Muhammad Ali impressions. And though I wasn't a huge fan of Tankersley, I kept thinking he was probably as good, if not better, than Mac Alexander. Definitely a better corner. And his production on like Alexander Alexander. Okay, cornerback Clemson going to Kansas City. That brings us to pick number 96 overall. The Patriots, they get to pick again. Yes, they do. I'm up. Sweet. Yes, fire when ready, sir. Uh, the Patriots select Deshaun Hall, defensive end, Texas a Oh, yes, the other guy. <laughs> uh, tell me a little about what your, your your plan of attack is, what you're going to do with, with Day-Day Hall from, you know, the the other the other guy, as you say, at Texas a Well, obviously, his athletic profile very impressive, similar to Chandler Jones. And uh, we just picked Basham, who can make an instant impact. Uh, Hall would obviously be a player who is more of a de- developmental role. And we need that with Nikovich Long in the tooth, Chris Long gone, Jabal Sheehan gone, Tony Ely's a rental. So the Pats likely will double dip <laughs> at edge at some point. So, yeah. No. And that's you're getting solid value there, I would say, um, towards the yeah. tail end of that, uh, that round. Brings us to the 97th selection. I'm sorry, what were the picks at the Giants? I'm sorry about that. Okay, so going back to Duke Riley at pick okay. 87. Okay, then Nico Saragusa went to the Raiders at 88. Then we had the Texans getting our Darius Stewart, wide receiver from Alabama. Seattle got Oklahoma running back Samaji Pirine. At pick 91... DeMarcus Walker went to, uh, what do you call it? The Can- not Kansas City. Uh, no, wait. Yeah, was that Kansas City? Tampa, one of those. One of Mark's. Kansas City. Uh, DeMarcus he was Parker Kansas City, yes. Yeah, so Kansas. Kansas. So was Kansas City, yeah, yeah. Okay, right. So that's Jake all. Butt went to the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys. 92. Aaron Jones went to the Green Bay Packers in 93. Yeah. K1 Taylor went to Bill Steelers. Uh, Tankersley, cornerback out of Clemson, went to the Falcons. Um, yes, the Falcons got. Um, yeah. And then Purdue Tankersley, and then the finally Patriots. Deshaun Hall went to the Patriots. Okay, thank you. And now we got the Miami Dolphins. And now the Dolphins from Clark. And the highest rated player of the
appears to be Carlos Watkins. Let me double check. No, maybe not. Let me go back. Uh, let's see. Um, gotcha. Um, actually, I guess the highest rated player on their board is Dalvin Tomlinson. Yeah, okay. So Dalvin Tomlinson actually is going to the player still on their board. Now that's a player that you didn't hear a lot about during the season. The Dalvin Tomlinson, Alabama. Defensive tackle. This is the pick number 98. Yeah, with the uh, Carolina Panthers. Yep. We are going to select. Let me see what we got here. Hmm. There's so many needs on this team. Yes. You are no. correct. You can't go wrong with almost anything. Can't go wrong with almost anything. Yeah. Hmm. I think we'll go with Fred Ross, wide receiver out of Mississippi State. Wait, hold on. What's the what's the pick made? Yeah, Fred Ross. Wait, say that one more time. Oh, Fred uh, Ross. Okay, Fred got Ross. It. Fred Ross. Yeah, wide receiver. Okay. Mississippi State. Yeah, wide receiver. Got it from Mississippi State. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah, had a little had a little trouble hearing you for a second there. Okay, so that's an interesting player also that you don't hear much about. Uh, what is it that intrigues you about Fred Ross? He just has a uh, he just has a great all around back you know profile background uh, you know played SEC competition was very productive uh, and also I just think he fits Cam's style because he's the type of wide re- he's like a small wide receiver who plays like a big wide receiver uh, <laughs> so and that just kind of fits Cam's sort of style I guess so he's he's a guy who who's used to having to adjust to poorly thrown balls. Yes, that's the advantage, um, and, of course. Uh, <laughs> so he just kind of fits that kind of mentality, you know. And I'm not, I'm not going to say Fred Ross is Steve Smith, but he just has a similar kind of style to his game. So I mean, that's that's really all it comes down to, I guess, with him. And the Carolina Panthers need wide receiver. This this whole draft is about helping Cam 
to survive, you know, for a couple more <laughs> yeah. seasons. So he doesn't become you Dante Culpepper, you know. We don't want that to happen. <laughs> no, you don't want that. And people, once again, it's an age thing. People don't realize how good Dante Culpepper was for three years. And then, unfortunately, you know, it came to a very... It wasn't a good ending, but it was a heck of a beginning yeah, to his career. Yeah, saving and knees <laughs> never go well, you know. You keep saving <laughs> yeah, away from knees. <laughs> At all costs. Saving. If you have a knee, saving. if you have a knee, keep it away from saving. <laughs> That's one of those T-shirts with, like, a, a visual kind of thing where it's, like, you see a picture of saving, then the plus sign, and you see a knee, and then it's, like, equals microfraction. And that brings us to the 99th selection. All right, so the Philadelphia Eagles are going to select a guy from a college who I visited, Antonio Garcia, tackle Troy. Oh, okay. One of the more interesting and sort of late, once again, the guys whose name you heard a lot more late in the season than you would have earlier in the season. A guy who probably needs to get a little stronger but moves well. Um, do you plan to start him on the right and then have him grow into being a left? What, what's the plan for him? What do you want to do with uh, Mr. Garcia? Uh, so last year, we so last year we dealt with the Lane Johnson fiasco, and, they, <laughs> and then we had you know we, we had Vitai, who actually got better throughout the season, but still wasn't like up to par as a starting tackle. We have an aging Jason Peters, which will probably get us one or two more seasons, but lucky. We're planning to. We're planning to have him as a swing tackle first, and then once Jason Peters retires, we cut him, so if it's still in the picture, we're, gonna, we're planning to move over Lane Johnson to the left, and then we're going to put him on the right tackle. Okay. Got it. Yes, the Lane Johnson fiasco, which I'm almost certain was a ska core band in the late 1990s, but okay. Nice. <laughs> and so that puts us on... Hey, you know, you can all take a big drink, pick number 100. Important to hydrate. Uh, let's see. So, what kind of drink are we talking about? I said hydrate, kids. Hydrate. We have some young people. Draft a palooza for the children, as you know. Uh, so, that puts the Titans on the clock. So, Isaiah? Makes Steve proud. Oh, the Titans? The Ryan Switzer. Formerly the Oilers. Ryan oh, yay. I am so happy. <laughs> now, once again, for those who are not familiar with his tape, tell people what it is you like about, you know, our Sweezy. Did we lose Isaiah again? Well, I'm a fan. <laughs> and though he has a tendency to, you know, come at you on Twitter if you compare him to, uh, you know, the obvious suspects like Welker and the like, there clearly are reasons why people well, compare him to Well, really it's not really about the need for, you know, a slot receiver. It's just you need speed on that offense. He offers you plenty of that. And pretty much that's basically what it is. You need you need speed. Hey, Ryan Switzer's the best wide receiver you have left available. Go ahead and get Ryan Switzer. 
And once again, we talked about the all-fun tape team. Here's their team captain, Ryan Switzer, uh, the team captain of the all-fun tape team. His tape is fun. He literally tries to turn every play into a punt return, which makes sense. I mean, worst-case scenario, you're going to get a really good punt return. <laughs> if all else fails, but I think you're going to get more than that out of him. But the worst-case scenario is you're going to get yourself one heck of a punt return. Ryan Switzer, you're in North Carolina. Does anyone need a recap, or you just want to keep plowing ahead? I'm I'll good. take silence. I'll say, right, I'll take silence as a signal to keep going. Excellent. Selection number one hundred and one, and we have the Broncos on the clock. The Denver Broncos select Nazir Jones, defensive oh, lineman from North Carolina. Nas is like, yes. I am probably a bigger fan of him than most, so I've watched a lot of him. But for those who maybe aren't quite as familiar, I guess for Denver fans, the comparison might be Trevor Price. I mean, you tell me. What do you, what do you think of him? You know, it's kind of actually what I was thinking about. He can... He can play outside, but he can also swap into the, you know, the three technique, and he he kind of fits that uh, the mold of the front that they you know interchangeable defensive linemen. Plus, right now Denver needs a lot of bodies on that defensive line, and now there's a very athletic individual. Yeah, I'm a fan. I think Jim might have a few production quibbles. And, you know, normally I, you know, see eye to eye with Jim and a lot of players, but I think Nas is one of those guys that's going to probably exceed, you know, what the future usually holds based on guys that produce the way he did. But, right. you know, obviously, I know, I know, Jim. I know what you're saying. I, I know. Your point is uh, <laughs> Jim the buzzkill. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think at one point you called yourself the Cassandra of draft Twitter, if I remember correctly. The prophetess well, yeah, because, of doom. You know, I tell facts, but nobody believes me. Yeah. So, I mean, I base my takes on data, facts, but nobody believes me. So I even publish my facts. So anybody can look at it and criticize it, but nobody wants to spend time looking at 1,700 player sample sizes, so you know. <clears throat> well, that's just our, uh, our, our Ben Albright new twins? Oh, maybe. Ben is Ben is nowhere close to being able to keep up with Jim. <laughs> ben, ben dreams of being able to do what Jim's done on the data side. No, Jim's, got, Jim's got the biggest I mean, not that it's about size necessarily, but trust me, he's got the biggest data set. <laughs> That's right, ladies. If you're into data sets, they don't get bigger than Jim Cooper. <laughs> oh, they don't. I mean, my draft guide is the Mandingo of draft guides in this class, so you should check it out. Now, now that's how you need to start advertising, Jim. That brings us to kick number is that, one. Is that, is that your t- is that your Tinder? Profile, gender <laughs> profile, the Mandingo of draft guys. Uh, that brings the pick one hundred and two. Say Denver Broncos. 
But yeah, so that's one of those moments that I think we will, we will all remember we were together with that was said. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yes. Excellent. Is that better yeah. than the Flavor Flav comment a few weeks ago? Oh, the Flavor Flav comment. Yeah, that was a pretty good one too. We get some good ones off every now and again. We might not be the draft bros or whatever the heck they call themselves. I don't know, but but uh, but we get some good ones off every now and again. And so that was, uh, yes, okay, one, so now I'll pick 103, no, 102, okay. And who is still left with the Seahawks? Oh, actually quite a few. This is, not, this is actually not a bad year to be picking around here. This is a good year to be picking somewhere in the late third. <laughs> And if I was a team, I would trade back and do yes. second, third, fourth rounds all day. Yes. That's just a good year to do that. They pick up Isaiah Ford, wide receiver of Virginia Tech University. Hmm. And I'll be honest. Um, a, little mad, players, a little mad you took him from me. Yeah. <laughs> there's a few players that you like, and then, you know, something happens. You're like, oh, I still like him. Gosh, I wish he hadn't had such a horrible day at the combine. But you go back to the tape and you say, okay, there's something there. This guy's going to play for somebody somewhere. And, you know, he's not quite Greg Jennings. He didn't test quite as well as Greg Jennings. He's got a lot of Greg Jennings in him in the way he plays and, of course, body control. Somebody was talking about that. He, that's a, this thing that he has. He's pretty good with the ball in his hands. He's got body control. And he's another guy who's had to sort of survive some not exactly awesome quarterback play. I mean, I don't know how much you guys watch Virginia Tech, but it's been, I mean, they've had some good days. You know, they they had Gerard Evans, Gerard Evans was starting to develop into something, you know, but decided to leave before he could, yeah, decided to leave before he could really develop into something. Uh, but yes, Isaiah Ford is not a bad pickup at this point in the draft. And now the wide receivers dip off their place. Well, it's a good time to start picking up wide receivers because there's a lot of good ones left. And you're not going to have to pay them too much. Can you check the university? Bring us to the 103rd selection. And the Saints are on the clock. Yeah, we will take uh, Ben Braden, guard slash tackle from uh, Michigan. Got it. You went big. So, once again, in terms of player comparison, who do you think or what kind of player do you think he can be? He's basically a wide version of Cam Robinson. So, you know, he could play inside, outside, you know. Those different types of positions. He's powerful, flexible, uh, scheme versatile. You could put him in a zone scheme. You could put him in a power scheme. He could fit. So he's just that type of guy. Oh. Anything I can do to make sure Andres Pete isn't starting day one, I'm going to do. You know? <laughs> That's there's those are words to live by. Those are words to live by. Anything you do tonight, Andres Pete starting. 
that was one of those nobody would listen deals where you tried to tell anybody who would listen that that's you don't want to be you don't want to do that. And the Chiefs at pick number one oh four. Uh let's see here. Um, well, once again, uh, you can celebrate a little bit. Jeff Lloyd, it is Robert Johnson, Florida State University. Seriously? (laughs) Tell me what you mean, Jim. I mean, I know, once again, he's not exactly a world beater, but what what are your issues specifically with Robert Johnson? What is so I mean, Jeff Wood is not going to like this pick. I know Jeff Wood isn't on the show right now, but he's a Florida State guy. And, uh, yeah, he's not going to like this pick, man. I mean, you you basically have a guy who has below average explosiveness. And below average flexibility which are two things that you don't necessarily want in an offensive tackle, um, you know. So, uh, and you can't really put him inside either. I mean, that's the thing because he's 6'7", and he can't bend. So oh. why would you put a guy who can't bend who's 6'7", inside? So you have a popular right tackle only? Is that what you're saying, the RTO? Yeah, but he can't play right tackle because he's not explosive enough or flexible enough to – handle anybody at right tackle. So he's just in this bubble of mediocrity, I guess. When you get <laughs> Oh. Well that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what you're after. The bubble of mediocrity. That's not the bubble you want. Well nonetheless, he is off the Kansas City. <laughs> but let's not forget this let's not forget this Eric Fisher you know, where they took Eric Fisher, so these things happen. Well, Eric Fisher's actually gotten quite quite a bit better. Better than what, exactly? Better than what he was, let's just say that. Oh, okay, okay. Better than <laughs> making sure. <laughs> okay. So he's gone from, ah, to just meh? Is that what you're driving at? Pretty much. Okay. Well, I guess that's progress. If, if I stick a knife in your back and pull it out, you know, six inches after sticking 12 inches of knife in your back, you'd say, eh, it's better. Oh, it's six inches of knife in my back. It's good to have goals. So that brings us to pick number 105. And in terms of availability, they actually have some pretty darn good players left. This is this is actually a good as was just pointed out, this is actually a good time to be picking in the draft. Really good time. You want to load up. You may want to really stack your board for the bottom half of the third and the top half of the fourth. Try to have about seven picks somewhere in there, if you can. And so we've got um, Oh, me. Haha. Well, what the heck? 
I've played around with this thing long enough. I'm going to pull the trigger. It's Corn Elder. Let's do this thing. You know there's pretty much text you have to put a, a corn emoji on there. I can't quite hear you. What? You know, if you're tweeting up the stick, you have to put a corn emoji on it. Yes, I know. I know. The corn emoji, the whatever emoji. So what we've done now is we've now fixed a big problem area, frankly, in our defense. Um, Buddha and corn are guys that are almost interchangeable, and I kind of like that. I like that if I, I could conceivably play both those guys at safety at the same time, or conceivably play both of them one at nickel and one at dime with somebody else playing safety. I mean, you could do a lot of things with each player. They're both guys who can come down in the running game and handle blocking better than, heck, some of the running, some of the uh, linebackers in this class are not great at taking on. Blockers are, they're, they're no worse than some of the linebackers I see people taking in this class. And they both are pretty good at covering. Not elite level cover guys, but good. And both of them bring it. For guys that aren't the biggest cats in the world, they bring it. I mean, they will hit you. They will hit you with everything they've got and some stuff you don't think they would have at that size. So I've got a couple of my favorite defensive backs, so I feel pretty good about that. And at pick 106. Seattle keeps coming up a lot. Okay, so let's see Seattle. I just insult their board. Is anyone buying Dalvin Cook in round two? I, I mean, it's not an impossibility. I just think somebody, if you make it to the late part of round one, somebody's going to be like, like, okay, we can deal with whatever his stuff is. You know, we'll, we'll, take, that, we'll take that shot. I just think that's what's going to happen. If he makes it that far, somebody will, will be okay with whatever is going on with him off field and will pull the trigger. That's just me. I don't know how other people feel about it. And slide with you wasn't overly explicit. Sure. There's other ways to be good. (laughs) But, yes, right. Go ahead. Because if Law and Phillips can go, like, in the top ten, I feel like Dalvin Cook won't fall to the second. Let's see something here. Um, So, for Seattle, it looks like their top-rated player who hasn't been selected is wide receiver Chad Hanson Cal. The top rated Chad on my current board. And of course people compare him to well basically every other white wide receiver who's at least about that same size, which includes Jordan Nelson, obviously. Uh, fair or not? <laughs> um, 
Jim, in terms of both production metrics and athletic testing, when people whip out the Jordy Nelson comparison, are they simply being lazy or is there something to it? Uh, I mean, Brian Hartline's kind of closer, but I mean, he doesn't like the difference between him and Nelson is Nelson had all pro level production while Hanson has pro bowl, pro bowl level production. So, um, but that's really the big difference. But as an athlete and from a production standpoint, he's basically Brian Hartline, which is not the worst thing in the world, you know. Be Brian. Guy had a, at least in my guy opinion. had a solid guy had a solid ten year career in the NFL. So yeah, I, I and he I think he made it to at least one Pro Bowl, maybe two, right? And I, I can't remember exactly. I don't think he got the one. I think it was an ultimate one. It was an alternate. I mean, I saw him play in the Pro Bowl, so he may have been an alternate, but he was he was in a Pro Bowl. You know, I remember thinking yeah, about he, I mean, he ended Austin Lewis' career, you know. I mean, I remember it distinctly, you know, when oh, Austin Lewis wasn't jam. able to cover this, this this white guy, and I'm like, wow, that's the end of his career. Can't cover Brian Hartline <laughs> one-on-one. So that's it. And that was it pretty much. After that, it was just all downhill for Austin Lewis. That, yes, that brings the pick number 107. So that's that's a test basically you give to guys to see, you know, if they can still, if they still have it, you see if they can cover Heartline, huh? Yeah, or, you know, Chad Hansen. There you go. Or Chad new test. And you covered The new coverage test. <sighs> so, Chad, uh, Hansen is off the board. That brings us to selection number 107. And let's see. The Jets. And who is still there for the Jets? Okay, so the Jets. Oh, you better take another corner. Well, it's ironic. The top rated player still on the board is a corner. <laughs> um, but let's see. And, in fact, he's a hurt corner. It's Fabian Moreau. But let me see if there's another player who's left because they actually have a second-round grade on him. Late second, but a second. Um, who else is there? And then the next highest-rated player after that appears to be Eddie Vanderdoes. Yeah, so it's Man. Not, I don't know. <laughs> Let me see. <laughs> so yeah, so there's Moreau, there's Vanderdose, and then after that it's uh Eddie Jackson from Alabama. No, 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 not Eddie Jackson. Eddie Jackson is an Alvin fan. And then it's Dorian Johnson. Dorian Johnson's still there, right? Yeah, he is. Yes, I thought so. Dorian Johnson from Pitt. And let's see. So they have probably kind of, sort of, let's see. So the Jets have not that you were ever completely done fixing the Jets ever, I guess. 
But I guess Dorian Johnson probably would be an upgrade over what they currently having going having going have going on. Their once proud offensive line is now seen better days. So I think Dorian Johnson probably makes the most sense. Since we don't really get production metrics on guards, how did he show up as a um, in terms of testing, Jim? Uh, well, with Johnson, he had uh, pretty good explosiveness. Uh, he had starter level speed, but flexibility wise, there hasn't been a single guard since 1996 who started with his flexibility for at least 64 starts or more in their career. Um, but there is things to suggest he could be an outlier, namely his explosiveness. So, um, so there's a pretty, I wouldn't say incredibly high bus rate, but there is a bus rate because there's never been the one guy like him, but because of his explosiveness, there's a chance he could make it based on that because that just is how most outliers happen anyway, because they have one thing that separates them. So you're saying there's a chance. Okay, got it. Dorian Johnson guard. That takes us to pick number 108. Communications with Pete Smith. Oh, you go ahead. Can we get like a third round recap real quick? Just the last few picks. Oh, sure. Jim, I'm going to reach out to, to Pete Smith while you do that. I'm, I'm ready to go. Oh, okay. You may fire when ready, sir. Evan Ingram, wide receiver, Ole Miss. One of the first oh, rounds. He's, well, he's, he's been gone. gone for quite some time. Hey, <laughs> he went to the Packers in round one. All right. Bear with me a second. <laughs> what hap- What's happening, Pete Smith? Are you getting a little... A little, a little off, you know, not really getting prepared. No, we're we're so excited for our guys that uh, we may have missed that uh, that guy sitting there pick, but that's all right. Um, do, 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 do. Let's go with. Hmm. So many choices. All right, let's go with Shaquille Griffin, Central Florida. That'll work. I don't know why more people don't have him ranked higher, quite frankly. What was the player? Shaquille Griffin. Some people think he's going to play safety. I don't know why, but he's a corner as far as I can tell. Yep. Shaq Griffin, if you nasty. Yes, Shaq Griffin, if you nasty. And, of course, he has a brother who has an amazing story and became an incredibly productive football player despite having only one hand. So pretty pretty impressive family. Um, what do you plan to do with Shaquille in, in Cleveland? Um, he is definitely not a safety. He's a boundary corner. Uh, and more than likely his first year he's – backing up Joe Hayden until we ship him off or cut him or whatever next year, and then he takes over that job. Oh. Okay, so Joe Hayden, don't buy rent. 
<laughs> Man, that is some cutthroat analysis. <laughs> that's that's kind. That's kinder than what uh, Greg Williams had to say about Joe Hayden. Hmm. Having witnessed actual, real, up close Greg Williams once at a coaching clinic, that guy does not have a filter. Woo! My gosh. Unfortunately, there were a couple of like Tennessee coaches who were like apparently very, very religious. They turned several different shades of colors when Greg Williams was explaining certain things to them about uh, the scrape exchange and playing some of that, uh, uh, you know, read option stuff. And oof, which he's not a fan of, in case you're wondering. Greg Williams is not a fan of read option. He doesn't think it should be whatever. So, yeah, he had some things to say. Some of those things are things that you would not say to other people usually. Woo! So, yeah, I imagine. I, mean, I saw him the Hard Knocks, and he, you know, yeah, was well, he's in the Hard Knocks, but. There's there's more there's more there's more in the tank. Let me put it that way. That was that was only a tiny tip of a very large iceberg of Greg Williams' ability to put together intricate lattices of profanity. Hmm. And that brings us to the 49ers, pick one oh nine on the clock. The 49ers select Ishmael Zamora, receiver Baylor. Oh, the hopes of many people of picking him up a little bit later, have been dashed. Dashed, I say. Yeah. He's, well, I mean, as Jim said, he's basically Mike Williams. <laughs> but he really is, I guess. Which Mike Williams? Yeah. Well, the, the the one that people like. Not the ones, not the ones that have already been bust. Like, well, actually, the guy from Syracuse wasn't even going to be a bust if he could just not keep doing things he shouldn't do. Right. And then obviously the various the, the offensive tackle Mike Williams from um Texas couldn't stop eating everything. And then to some extent <laughs> the USC wide receiver couldn't stop eating everything and almost turned himself into a tackle or a tight end at least at one point. So so a couple of a couple of Mike Williams had problems with just not eating everything. And then the Mike Williams so, from Syracuse Yeah. Go ahead. So the point is, don't name your kid Mike Williams. If you want your kid to have a long and successful NFL career, that might not be the move. <laughs> I mean, there's just too many of them, you know. Like, at this point, it's ridiculous. At this point, there's so many Mike Williamses. Yeah. But, but yeah, Zamora so the Zamoras were smart. Go ahead. Zamora is essentially a guy that has the same production as Mike Williams, the same size as Mike Williams, but actually is a little bit bigger but actually has elite explosiveness and near elite speed um, and actually did his flexibility testing versus the other Mike Williams who didn't because he probably has something to hide. So, you know, now I, I'm not denying that he's raw and he only runs like three, four routes because it's Baylor, uh, but the three to four routes that he does run are impressive in just a raw sort of way, I guess. He, he's kind of that guy that, can break tackles and and do stuff that's kind of interesting in terms of his uh, physical ability. Um, so, you know, which like Mike Williams, a lot of, I don't know what it is with Mike Williams. Either he's this physical specimen who dominates everybody despite being raw, or he's this intricate technician who beats people with his mind and body and, you know, stuff like that, which I don't, 
think it, I don't know. I just think that if a guy is going to beat people with his athleticism and size, then he should show up on paper that he has elite level athleticism and size. And with Zamora, he does. With Mike Williams, it's average-ish. So, you know. But, yeah, so that's, okay. that's the whole thing about Zamora, I guess. You know, I'm not going to, okay. you know, tweet at you and, you know, <laughs> criticize you a bunch and then block you. I'm not going to do that, so. <laughs> Got it. QC view basically is I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that. If I turn in a QC view, please tell me. You know, <laughs> I'd like to know if I become the new QC view. Yeah, I will let you know should that happen. I don't think it's going to happen. That brings us to um, so there you get a look behind the curtain, people. But there that brings us to um, the Jaguars back on the clock. Yeah, oh, gosh. Uh, that sounds like someone who's bored they have taken a hit recently. Kareem Hunt. Okay. That'll work. Now, tell me about the role that Mr. Hunt will have in Jacksonville. Or, or not. Well, while he's, so. you know, uh, in a, you know, <laughs> so excited about this election, uh, kind of, I need to catch up a little bit. So sure. back to pick 99 with the yeah. Eagles. Um, what was the selection there? Sure. Selection number 99 to the Eagles was Antonio Garcia. The uh, okay, raw-ish but athletic tackle from Troy. Right. And can you like do all the picks from that point down? I guess in terms of the I account? can. So Ryan Switzer went pick 100 to the Titans, where he will our Sweezy will give them both some um, quickness working underneath, and then probably a big boost in the return game. The Broncos got Nas's life, Nazir Jones, the big-bodied sort of, you know, Trevor Price 2.0 tackle slash D-end. Then the Seahawks got Isaiah Ford, the interesting but underwhelming in terms of testing uh, wide receiver from Virginia Tech. Ben Braden went with pick number 103 to the Saints. The Chiefs got Roderick Johnson, too much derision uh, from Florida State University. And Cornelder went with pick number 105. At pick 106, Chad Hansen, uh, the top-rated Chad on my board, went to Seattle at pick 106. The uh, pick 107 was Dorian Johnson. And Pete Smith. Uh, initially tried to take Evan Ingram at pick 106, which would have been and he would have, and had he managed to pull that off, he would have won the draft. He could have at that point literally decided to pick kickers or punters or both but the rest of his pick and still won. But that was not possible because Evan Ingram's been gone since pick 30. So, or something like that. 
So instead, he took Shaquille Griffin, which is still pretty darn good day at the office, uh, the corner from UCF. And then we got to Ishmael Zamora, the tremendously talented, slightly troubled, though I think less troubled than people think. I mean, he doesn't have a huge pattern of behavior. He had one extremely bad and publicly, I mean, he publicized it himself like someone else found it, but one bad incident uh, that he rather foolishly broadcast on the entire planet, but uh, big and raw and super talented wide receiver from Baylor. And then the Jaguars just chose Kareem Hunt, I believe. And then there was maybe some sort of mild stroke. So I'm hoping he's okay. So that's where we are at this moment, and the Bears are on the clock, which means I need to consult Mr. Madman's um, board. Uh, give me a moment. Is this, no, it's the other one. It's this one. Okay. Okay, so the top-rated player still here. is Eddie Jackson, the injured safety from Alabama. Are there any Eddie Jackson fans in the house? Okay, then. (laughs) I'm a huge Jackson fan. Oh, okay, you are? I mean, he played for Nick Saban, and people tend to like Saban's safety. Partially because Saban's super hard on his safety. <laughs> if you could sort of survive being yeah. at any, uh, of a Saban safety, I mean, what else could happen to you? Because whenever there's a big game coming, Saban doesn't start, you know, sticking his face in the O-line meetings. He doesn't start sticking his face in the running back meetings, the wide receiver meetings. All of a sudden, he's in all the DB meetings. And he's quizzing people. And he's yelling at people. And he's, and of them, you know. I've done my stroke. Yeah, he's. Right. It's a, he's terrorizing them, basically. But but that was the division he played. It's still the thing he takes the most pride in, quite frankly. And if you're a Saban safety, you know, you've, you've been battle-tested. I'll put it that way. But no, what did you like about him? What did, what did you like about Eddie Jackson? Personally, I like his toughness. I mean, the guy gets up there in the nitty-gritty. I mean, the guy goes full force all the time, and that's probably why he got hurt. <laughs> yes. But he's a guy. Right. <clears throat> What's that? Yes, I was agreeing with you. Yes, correct. That is correct. Yeah. I mean, I I like his intensity. I'd like him in the box. Um, I don't know necessarily a lot about his range. Probably got to watch a little bit more film on that, but I, again, right. I like the intensity on him. Right. And unfortunately, because of the timing of the injury, Tape is all you've got. Uh, you, you can maybe get some stuff from junior day if you make friends with somebody on the strength and conditioning uh, staff or something, but there's not much to go on in terms of his actual, you know, what he is as an athlete other than what you just, like I said, so try to guess that off tape. So that's probably one of the reasons. The injury itself and then the fact that the injury deprives you of any helpful data means that you've got to trust yourself completely on this one. You know, what do you... You got to go with, with your truly with your eyes and your gut. 
Honestly, if you're recruited by Nick Saban, you should expect an ACL tear, a back injury, (laughs) some funky injury that you will never understand because he is going to wear you into the ground. Oh, yeah. You might want to just, like, pre-tear your own labrum at some point just to realize what it's like because at some point your labrum will tear if you're playing to play a few years for Saban. It it shouldn't be Obamacare. It should be Saban care. Saban care? Something along (laughs) those lines. Saban care. Uh, But, yes, he is a guy who's played corner in the past, got moved to safety, had the mental wherewithal to pull that off, and was a pretty good special teams player early in his time at Alabama before they took him off of a couple of the coverage units on special teams to concentrate on playing defense. So there's some things to like, but once again, he's kind of a mystery in terms of just what he might have been as a pure athlete because he didn't get a chance to be tested due to the injury. Okay, so Eddie Jackson, safety Alabama. Brings us to pick number 112. And, okay, all right. The Rams are on the clock. That would be me. And I'm taking Marcus May, another safety that I really like who has an injury Uh. Why? <laughs> so it sounds like a lot of people are excited about your pick. Tell us a little bit more about it. Honestly, have you seen this film? The guy is a eater. Yes. He goes after the ball. He goes He goes after the ball. He's a very good cover cornerback or cover safety from what I've seen. He can guard tight ends. He just, you know, obviously gets hurt a lot. And yeah. he's a he's a really good leader, from what I've heard. Yeah, and plus, if you put him in the Rams defense with Wade Wilson or Wade Phillips, I'm sorry. Wade Wilson. It's a perfect fit. I know. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> it's good to have someone else old enough to even know who Wade Wilson is. It's not just me. <laughs> no, it's we're going on three hours here. I'm getting a little weary. No, it's okay. That's how it is. Now you look like to be in the draft room. No, I know. So, Marcus May, <laughs> that's my pick. It's a good, yeah, okay, Marcus May. Safety, I can Florida. call the Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? So, that brings us to Selection Numero 113. The Chargers. Charges. Let's see if Donovan is responding to my various entreaties. I was about to sing the Supercharger song, but they're not San Diego Chargers anymore. They are not. They are not. No one plays football in San Diego anymore except the Aztecs. Well, and then the Toreros also, right? Where, so what's, uh, what's their same song now? There's no Superchargers. Yeah, well, I guess they'll figure something else. I guess they'll just play gold. They don't goal. have theme songs anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They'll, they'll just play the gold. Chaja's goal. Repeatedly. Uh, well, I guess this is actually where Nate Peterman leaves the board, kids. Here we go. Nathan Peterman? Quarterback of the future, yes, correct. 
Mm. <laughs> I like him more than Webb, so there's that. Yeah. Chargers, Nate Peterman, quarterback, Tennessee. Well, I mean, and Pitt. And that brings us to pick number 114. I'm sorry, who did the Chargers take? Just curious. Quarterback Nathan Peterman of Pitt by way of Tennessee. All right. Thank you. My pleasure. And that brings us to selection number 114. It's the Jets? Uh, it is... Uh, Washington. Washington, yeah, so that's me. Oh, this is actually, let's see, all kinds of fun stuff there. Um, Maybe. Let me see if I'm right. Uh... Oh, here we go. DeMonte Casey from San Diego State University. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Suffer. What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how he made it to this point, but he might actually be there. That's a crazy thing. I don't know why people aren't higher on him. He's really, 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 really good. I like him better than a lot of people that are going to go way ahead of him. <laughs> I think I like him better than Tabor. I like him better than a lot of those guys that people are going to take ahead of him. I know that much. He's, to me, he's like a more athletic version of Brandon Flowers. Thank you. Oh, I I wish there were some data to back that up, but you know, <laughs> there isn't. So. There isn't. If you're Brandon tested? Flowers, so yeah, Brandon Flowers tested, so there's no there's no comparison, I guess. Ah. So tell me, tell me what you mean by that, Jim. Well, I mean, if if, you, if you're going to say, okay, so and so player is a Monte Casey, I mean, you would say like, uh, I mean, well, let me pull up his exact stuff. So, like athleticism, okay, here's what we got for Casey. He was 37th percentile explosiveness, 33rd percentile speed, and 15th percentile flexibility. Uh, that's different than Flowers, who was 77% off flexibility. Oh, really? 
Wow. And was 57th percentile speed. Uh, similar huh. explosiveness, though. So they have that in common. Okay. okay. Why, do, why do I keep thinking that Flowers wasn't that athletic coming out? Okay. I misjudged Flowers. Pay attention to every, I mean, he didn't run very fast, but he had very uh, much better short shot three count for the area. Ah, it's the thing that yeah. people don't really pay attention. Slot corners do really well. Zone and slot guys do really well with having really good short shots slash three counts. If they don't run fast, like if they run four six or four seven, then you should immediately go to that short shot three count to see if that's mm-hmm. above average. And if it is, then there's a chance that they could be that slot sort of guy. So okay. But well, yeah, there's, there's no real comparison. <laughs> okay. Well, now I know. Like, De- like Desmond <laughs> King has more things in common with Brandon Flowers um, than uh, Demonte Casey, just from an uh-huh. athletic standpoint, though. Okay. Well, that uh, that was instructive. <laughs> so that was something I most certainly did not know. Uh, well, there we go. Nothing like getting a quick little swift one. Right there from uh, my friend and colleague, Geometrics himself. So we're going back to the Carolina Panthers. And the Panthers, I just checked their depth chart. And their starting left tackle is Matt Khalil, (laughs) who is backed up by Dan France. Oh, wow. Who's backed up by Tyrus. Thompson, <laughs> and then their right tackle is Daryl Williams, oh. who's backed up oh. by Michael Orr, oh. who's backed up by Trey Turner, who's technically the right guard. <laughs> so that's their depth right now, and you wonder why again Cam Newton doesn't sue them for child abuse. Uh, well, <laughs> man abuse. So I'm going to go with a interior. Well, actually, no, I'm not going to go interior. I'm going to go with an offensive tackle here. Uh, Jillian Ware, uh, tackle oh, from Alabama State. That's a great pick. He's big. He's explosive. He's flexible. He's very good in terms of the run game. And, again, he's another guy who's basically Cam Robinson taller than Cam Robinson, but basically Cam Robinson, uh, but he didn't play at Alabama. He played at Alabama State. That's really the the main distinction. Uh, but he's a, a really decent player. I mean, he's in terms of the run game, again, it kind of fits what they want to do, but he's actually somebody who could develop into, uh, into somebody who could at least stand his own against the Von Millers of the world, you know, possibly – you know, 50% of the time, maybe, maybe 60, maybe 40, but better than, you know, the other guys that they Oh, have. oh, much better. Oh, I'm with you. Yee, yikes. That is really, I mean, even Aaron Rodgers is like, you poor bastard. I mean, good Lord, <laughs> that's horrible. It's really bad. So I just think that that's, that's what you got to do. You got to get better. And I think Mouton, and that's the thing too. We got Mouton and we got Jalen Ware. And I know we paid Khalil a lot of money. But I'm the GM now. I'm the captain now. So we're – all that stuff, just forget it. So we're going to – and I might even move – I mean, if I was really them, I might move Khalil inside, to be honest, because 
Um, he just is not explosive enough to deal with explosive athletes. So um, it doesn't matter how much technique you have, how great you are, you know, if, if you don't have that explosiveness uh, to deal with those types of guys, then you're just a liability constantly. So I don't know. The, the Panthers are a very weird team. I'll just say that much when it comes to <laughs> What are your thoughts on Julian Davenport? There he is. The return of Marxism. Well, Davenport is, um, he could be a ZBS tackle. You know, so you want, you want a system to where, like the Raiders or the Vikings, to where you get rid of the football as fast as possible so that you don't expose him to, to, to like, he's not going to last. Like, Coriel would never work. Like, if, if you needed him to hold up for extended periods of time, that isn't exactly Davenport. But if you have, like, an up-tempo, fast-hitting, quick-pass kind of thing, he might do all right, possibly. But, you know. But yeah. But there's nothing elite about Julian Davenport. I mean, he has above-average, you know, traits, but nothing about him screams elite tackle play. You know, he might be DeMar Dotson. You know, that might be something that might be another sort of thing for him. It could be like Dotson. So I guess, do we need to recap, uh, Mark, where we are and what we've done since? since well, I, how, how far back did you last hear what, what happened, Mark? Hello? Did Mark give us? Okay. Oh, I thought Mark. Oh, whatever. I thought Mark was with us. Oh, whatever. I'm going crazy. Let's just pick off. <laughs> it's okay. You can't keep your sanity at all times anyway. So that brings us to selection number 116. And the... Cincinnati Bengals are on the clock. Tano Capasano, defensive end, Villanova. Oh, yes. Capasano. Uh, yes, once again. Why is everyone typing my text? <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that terrible when that happens? It, it happens to everybody at some I point. And, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, the last four. Yeah, it's, it's, it sucks, doesn't it? Yeah, I know. It's, it's not good. Uh, the Bengals get... I don't know, pass now. So tell, once again, the world is divided into two kinds of people, those that have watched a bunch of pass now and those that have watched no pass now. There seems to be nothing in between. For those who fall into that sad no pass no category, tell them a little bit about Kano pass now. Yeah, just an athletic freak of that. He's inconsistent. He'll flash plays and then he'll disappear. But I know the Bengals like those huge guys, especially with uh, Marius Hunt, even though he didn't do well. So why not? Yeah. Right. He really does feel like a bingo. You got that part right. He really does. Michael Johnson, uh, Dunlop, or any of those guys. They all, I mean, they all look like each other. Yeah. And, of course, you, as you mentioned, even Hunt, though he was like 20 or something, whatever hold he was, but let's see here. Villanova. 
117. The Bears. The Bears. Let's take a look at what is left. What the heck's going on? <laughs> oh, somebody's decided to start dragging stuff around again. Another dead body. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> you know, sometimes a person just sees too many of their picks taken and they just die of a broken heart. Uh, let's see. <coughs> Uh, the highest-rated player still on their board. Well, this is another name that I guess, well, I guess we've heard this name, at least considered this name once before, and people were not happy. I guess they'll be unhappy once again, but it's Connor McDermott from UCLA. Ugh. For a right tackle, right? Well, I'm assuming... He can't, I mean, because you have two I mean, I mean, Jim, you obviously have broken down the profile athletically of Connor McDermott. What what does he most resemble? You know, he could be a starting uh, power tackle. I mean, his his big issue is just that he faced Miles Garrett. You know, like if he had never faced Miles Garrett, <laughs> then we probably, yeah. if that tape didn't exist, we probably would feel a little exist. bit better about him because, you know, he's just not an elite um, tackle athlete. But if you no. have a power system, um, he has the sort of uh, – athletic traits to fit that kind of system. So, um, you know, that's the best you can really say. It's just that, hey, you know, you can't go up against my yeah, – everybody can go against Miles Garrett. So, it's just um, – but that's that's really all that boils down to because I think he, he has decent film. It's just that he played Miles Garrett and kind of exposed all the sort of things which are exposed, which is that he's just not elite. But um, – but he can be at least a starter uh, for a team. And that's what teams are probably thinking around this point in draft. They're trying to find starters. They're not so much looking for stars. So... They, uh, the uh, New England Patriots are back on the clock. Oh, God. Didn't they lose this pick to the play gate? Wait, hold on. Was this the pick they lost? I don't think it is. is it, was it? I think so. Well, let's check. Hold on. Because huh. I'm still seeing it here, but.
because it still shows up on, let me see here. I kept thinking they let me see, we'll know in a second. Would anybody like to do a quick recap while I double check to see what picks the Patriots still have? There we go, let's see. Unless there's like a conditional pick. I don't think this is a deflate gate pick. Unless they lost a conditional pick due to some previous deal, I think they still have this pick. I guess they lost the first rounder last year. I think this also was a fourth rounder this year. They didn't get that pick in Cleveland? So here's what happened. So what they did what they've done thus far is they sent the 32nd overall pick and a third round pick to the Saints, which we, the Saints already picked that pick. And the, there was a, there was, I think, a fourth rounder, let me see, that was involved in that. Let me see. And I think the Brandon Cooks pick may have also netted the Saints a fourth rounder as well. Let me double check. <clears throat> But, but I don't think they're losing a deflate pick here. Okay, so I look through all of the Patriots picks as of, you know, 6 a.m. this morning. So if something's happened since then, I don't know about it. But as of 6 a.m., um, right, so they sent the 64th for Coney Ely, and let me see. I believe they swapped yeah, and they swapped picks, so they picked up the 96th overall. They sent the 103rd overall that was acquired from the Browns as part of the Cooks trade, and then pick 131. Hold on, let me see. Yeah, Belichick loves moving stuff around. Let me see here. Um 
Yeah, they Patriots still have one pick. The Patriots, the Patriots did not lose pick 118, if that was the question. That pick they very much still have. But, well, wait, hold on. I'll tell you exactly what happened. But... 118 belongs to the Eagles. Right. So, in order to... Yeah, so they acquired pick 118, but oh, okay, yeah, I guess okay, got so they acquired the pick. You're right, so they acquired that pick from the Saints, but should lose that. Okay, so what they do? Let me see something. So they they able to use their 131st overall pick, but uh, they got from the Seahawks. Uh, Okay, so you're right. The Patriots pick, actually, I guess it's pick 131 in the fourth. So you're correct. Okay. So that's going to be their next pick, is pick 131. They pick their, 100, they their 137th pick to the Colts in exchange for Dwayne Allen, a sixth-round pick. And then in the fifth round, they picked up 163 from the Broncos, in exchange for A.J. Derby. They had traded away pick 175 for Barkevius Mingo. They still have 130, 183rd pick that they picked up in compensation for losing Akeem Hicks in free agency. And they still have pick number 200, which they got when the Dwayne Allen uh, yeah, it's, uh, along with Wayne Allen, exchange for their fourth-round pick. And they traded away pick 215 to the Detroit in exchange for Kyle Van Noy in a seventh-round pick. In the seventh, they picked up pick number 239 in that same Van Noy transaction. And they traded away pick 250 in exchange for Alliance tight end Michael Williams. So their final selection will pick, be pick number 239. So I hope that that helps. Yeah, so that's uh, who's on the clock. So now it's actually the Eagles. All right, so the Philadelphia Eagles, with the 118th pick, are picking the future Tory Smith, Stacey Cole, wide receiver Miami. Oh, that's a, that's a cute little pick there. Okay. Why would you do that, Fulton? You know I like Stacey Coley. I'm sorry, it, it, has, it has to be. So for those who are not terribly familiar with Stacey Coley, which they should be because you know, he plays in Miami and the multi-year starter, but for those who are somehow still not familiar with him, uh, tell people about Stacey Coley. He's a guy with some speed and a little bit of route running uh, accident as well. Alan Hearns clone. All right, so Stacey Coley is the classic small wide on the play for the signal. He's 6'1", 200, but he runs a sub 4'4", four, four, but he also is a great blocker. My favorite thing about him is that he, he runs great routes. So you don't really see much of a deep there. So he's not only limited to running go rounds and verticals. His biggest weakness is strength, trick. and he won't jump. He won't out-jump anybody for a ball. But with mm-hmm. Alshon Jeffrey, and hopefully with the guy we get later, that will be an issue. <laughs> okay, got it. So that gives us pick number one eighteen. 
Fully have secrets from Miami. And I don't know who it is that's got apparently a small army of, uh, I guess, probably muskrats wearing sort of slippery shoes. But if you could move <laughs> slightly away from the slippery shoed muskrats, that would be super <laughs> helpful. And that brings us to pick number 119. Let's see. So at pick 119, we have... Uh, Let's see here. Jim, is your friend back? One nineteen, we have. Is that the highest cancel on? Hold on, let me double check. Let's see if there's anybody rated higher than you. Okay. So let's pick one key. So Isaiah, I'm sorry, that is, wait, hold on. No. Yeah. So Isaiah, you were on the clock. Sorry. So yeah, pick one IT is now the Cardinals. Okay, Ethan Pokett. There, I guess his slide has been stopped by someone who truly loves him. Oh, boy. He replaced AQ Shipley. You actually get a good center. He has gone from... A super sort of stubby human trash can center to a long, lanky center. That's an interesting, interesting switch up. And if you want to play guard, you can also play guard. Now, is he a, in your mind, is he a starter or is he depth? He's a starter. Okay. Got it. Okay, so that brings us to the Vikings. Do the Bills mm-hmm. have a fourth? Wait, say that again? Do the Bills not have a fourth round pick? Um, I believe they do. 
I'll tell you in a second. No. Oh, oh, wait, maybe they don't. Yeah. All right. Yes, they do not. Uh, oh, that was... oh, okay, the Vikings, top rated player still available. <clears throat> Let's see. Might be Mitchell. No, wait, no. No, 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 no. I guess the Eddie Vanderdose slide does finally end. Uh, pick number 120. Not where I should go. Yeah, there are people with first round grades on Eddie Vanderdoes. I've seen them. I've seen them last year. Yes, well, right. <laughs> yeah. Also true. <laughs> well, those were the same people who put Chad Wheeler in the first round last year. Also true. Yeah. Okay, so that brings us to pick number 121. All right, so the Colts are about to get a guy who was sliding too far, and they're going to stop. He is a possession receiver from a small school up in the, north, in the Northwest, Cooper Cup, wide receiver, Eastern Washington. Okay. And this, to me, feels like a better fit than some of the people who are trying to shove him into the – you know, first half of the second and stuff like that. So for those who are not familiar with Mr. Cup, tell me about things you like about him and how you think he'll be used in your office. All right, so Cooper Cup is, is, is literally probably the most um, productive receiver outside of Zay Jones in this draft. And the good thing about him is he's a possession guy because he's had all, all, I think he had about 160 catches this year. But he's also a guy, he's a big play threat. He has 37 career receptions of at least 40 yards, and he holds the record most receiving yards total. Um, you know, the few things the few things I don't like about him is um, marginal long speed, and he lacks explosiveness. And he comes from an FCS, you know, system. And you know, when it, and he can't really separate in mid routes. But he's going to be Andrew Luck's new possession guy. I feel like he would be a perfect fit for that offense. You have. A, the, you have the all-around guy. In Ty, uh, you had the all-around guy in Dante Moncrief. You have the speedster in um, T.I.O. Hilton. You have the bust in Philip Dorsett. So he's going to go in there and be a great possession guy for the team. Yeah, well, he is a craftsman, right? I mean, people talk about Adam Thielen or whatever and how he's managed to displace some more well-known and, and more athletic players, and I think you might be talking about some similar situation about who will maybe outperform, you know, what his pure testing metrics might say. Now, Jim, other than his, than his 40 times, I believe Cup actually tested reasonably well. Also, whoever it is that's back there with the muskrats and moves slightly away from the slippery shoot muskrat. You still with us, Jim? Oh, well, Cooper Cup is, I mean, yeah, he had very good flexibility. 
uh, for uh, I, I I hate to go back to Brian Hartline, but Brian Hartline, Wes Welker, you know, I mean, he has a slot wide receiver profile. Uh, biggest knocks is that, yeah, he was very productive, but he was very productive against FCS competition, and he wasn't exactly, you know, Jerry Rice level or anything else like that when he was up against that level of top. Um, but there's enough to say he could be a starter. Um, and the only other thing, too, is he's relatively older, you know, he's going to be 24 when he comes out. But as far as, like, right here, if you're looking for a slot receiver or a you know, a guy that kind of works in that area of the field against linebackers and stuff like that, he can do that. So um, he just fits that kind of area, even though there's a ton of Cooper Cups in this class. In terms of just athletes, you know, there's tons of guys like Cooper Cup, athletically. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that's basically what you're getting. A very, very decent slot receiver who wins in that way, but he's not necessarily going to outrun people. Got it. And though he was discussed, David Moreau wasn't actually selected previously, right? Who? Yeah, you just, I don't think he was picked. Yeah, I know he was discussed, so I don't think he was picked. So due to value and, once again, the fact that they can probably limp by with one more year without having maybe that guy in their secondary, uh, at pick number 122, the Baltimore Ravens do select Fabian Moreau, cornerback, UCLA. Mm-hmm. And not to say that it's, I don't want to be mean or anything, but this makes more sense than, I mean, some people are trying to get some late first-round buzz going, and, and though he has some good games on tape, he also has some, mm-hmm. some not-so-good games on tape. Like, you don't want to just watch two or three games, people. You need to watch some more games. Uh, he's some games we got kind of lit up also. But he is big and he is, he is fast. I mean, in terms of his athletic testing, what percentile was Fabian Moreau, Jim? Well, he's the most athletic cornerback in the draft class. I mean, he had 90 percentile in each area. Um, the issues of him is just production and uh, injury history. You know, most guys that are kind of like, he has more things in common with like Justin Gilbert than he does, um, you know, an all-star quarterback. So those are really just the main concerns. He can't stay healthy. And his production, even when he was healthy, uh, was kind of average for cornerback. Right. But picking at 122 as opposed to taking Justin Gilbert in the top half of the first, uh, you feel a little better. Mm, maybe. <laughs> okay. Got it. <laughs> okay. Bye, so I'm back. Thing. Gotcha. Well, I'm back on. Let me just take a quick look. That scoot is still... Oh, wow. Uh, okay, let's see. You know what? Just in case 
in this sort of quarterback insurance game. Uh, and plus, once again, it's value. Just This is someone we have rated about 50 picks higher than this. Uh, quarterback Brad Kaya, you're seeing Miami. Why no? <laughs> Why Brad? Kaya is good. Why would you do that to me? Well, as was pointed out, we're playing chicken with our current starting quarterback, himself a former fourth rounder, and we had a little bit of success developing him, and this guy's got more stuff to work with than, in my mind at least, than Cousins did. He's a little more raw because he didn't stay in school and work with Mark Rich another year, which I think he should have, but whatever. He's here now. Who would you rather have? Kaya hmm? or Brett Henley? To me, it's kind of a push, to be perfectly honest. I mean, Hundley's a better athlete, uh, but in terms of what I see them doing and what I've seen them do in terms of throwing the football, I think that's a, basically a wash. The only thing that would push Hundley a little bit ahead if I were interested in being able to do some quarterback run stuff, that is clearly not the strength of Kaya's game. You know, so newsflash, people, not every black quarterback is mobile. But, uh, you know, just just so people know, because I I actually saw scouting reports that referred to, of all people, Byron Leftwich as a mobile quarterback. That's how I knew either these people had just never seen Byron Leftwich or they just thought he was black and then just couldn't conceive they could not be mobile. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. Not, 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 not in this case, no. But, yes, um... Either way, even if we do end up keeping Cousins, we could use a massive upgrade at the number two quarterback position, and this would be a massive upgrade. You don't like Colt McCoy? I I, I mean, how do you not like Colt McCoy? It's like saying, you know, you don't like puppies, but do you want a puppy to start for your quarterback if your quarterback gets hurt? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then, would you like to make me a trade for Colt McCoy? He's available now. I'm I'm good. (laughs) So that brings us to pick number 124. The Titans are on the clock. Yeah, crap. (laughs) I'll give you a moment to collect yourself. Give me a moment. They should like Vince the Beagle. Oh, that was that the pick? That is okay. Not too shabby. Jim, would you like to tell the people about Vince Beagle? And I had to make sure it's a pick that Steve won't kill me for. No, I think I think Steve will be okay with that. Jim, how did Vince Beagle sort of stack up metrically? I mean, he's okay. I mean, he has the athleticism you're looking for, size you're looking for. He's just never been able to stay healthy at all in his entire life. Um, Yeah. Kind of like Fabian Moreau. 
And I don't know. I just don't usually like to draft people who can't stay healthy for an entire season. But um, he's a poor man, Joe Schobert. Yeah. But he's bigger, though. He's bigger than Joe Schobert. I mean, that's. Which is true, but, you know, Joe Schobert actually did things on the field. Well, he was healthy, you know. On the healthy, field, so. healthy and really productive. Vince Beagle, Vince Beagle was occasionally healthy and kind of productive. Exactly. And he's yeah, a hell of a Mormon who swears, so you've got that going for you. And Tampa is in. Jim just trashed my pet. <laughs> not not trashed. He simply clarified. And then at pick 125, we have Tampa. And let's see what is left. Who is left? Who and what? Okay, let's see. Uh, oh, all right. So the run on backup quarterbacks has begun as Davis Webb. And Cal leaves the board. To what team? Uh, Tampa. At pick 125. So they just traded Glennon for Webb. Quarterback controversy. Yeah, I mean, if you think of it that way, it's probably kind of a wash, right? Wait, what do you ask? Uh, quarterback Davis Webb. From California, Berkeley. Slash mm. Texas Tech. Yes, slash Texas Tech, exactly. I have a personal vendetta against Davis Webb. <laughs> oh, oh, really? Well, that's interesting. <laughs> well, well, no, I mean, I, I'm a CU grad. I went to CU. He, he oh, left Texas oh. Tech. He committed to CU, and then he left, like, in the middle of spring practice and went to Cal. Right. Kind of right. screwed us over. Yes, okay, there. Now it makes sense, right? That makes, yes, that's right. I, I do remember hearing that he had... Yeah, yeah, that's right. He actually was on campus yeah. for like a day and a half. It was like so crazy. He left because Colorado wasn't going to give him the job because he wasn't good. <laughs> <laughs> well, Cephalufa, I mean, come on. So well, hold on a second here. His last season, he did... A little better last year. Yeah. <laughs> it took him long enough. But. <laughs> Let's put it this way. The, the the garbage about the senior bowl that Davis Webb was the best quarterback there is one of the biggest myths I've seen propagated on this planet in my lifetime. <laughs> Davis Webb was equally as bad as Sefau Lufau or however you pronounce his name. They were both terrible. <laughs> yeah, I know. I can't wait for Steven Montez to start his reign. 
discussed. And speaking Seth of Seth raining, Seth Seth has slow feet. He he was an inept quarterback. I mean, he was like a good leader and a team guy, but he was a wasn't Dobbs like the best quarterback at the Senior Bowl? Uh, no, P- oh. Dobbs was the best on the South team, but Peterman was the best one there. What about Pipkin? Pipkin was not. <laughs> you and your Pipkin, Pipkin love. Pipkin was. Pip- Pipkin is an adorable sideshow who tried really hard. <laughs> Dude, he's not, he's not even the best Division Two quarterback in the country. I don't understand how Pippen got there. I can name six better Division Two. I'm not kidding. Without thinking hard, I can name six better Division Two quarterbacks. Without thinking hard. That's fine. You 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 uh, disrespect the GLIAC at your own peril, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he should have chopped that wood, guys. I'm going to tell you guys Man, in like 10 years. If, if you can get excited about Antonio Pipkin, Jack T. Nelson's film will just cause you to burst into flames, I suppose. <laughs> Where are we even at anymore? Next time you get a little, you want you say, I want to watch some D2 quarterbacks, just a few names to throw out there. Yeah, pull up Winona State up in the beautiful Northern Sun at, uh, Inter- Intercollegiate Conference and watch Jack T. Nelson carving them up. That's who should, if you wanted a a fantastic sideshow or whatever you just said, get him. He can actually play quarterback. Well, that brings us once again to Denver at pick number um, 126. Uh, Wait a minute. Am I on the clock? Denver you Broncos. are. Denver at pick yep. 126. Oh, man. George Kittle, tight end Iowa. Nice. Oh. That is a nice pick. And the Iowa fans will love you forever. Because they are convinced there's a conspiracy against George Kittle. Kind of my fan favorite right now. The guy's just all heart. Block like no other. I mean, the guy finishes plays when everyone else stops. Plus, Denver needs the tight end. So yes, it's now when you have AJ, now when you have to go AJ Jersey. Well, yeah. Also, <laughs> I think Kittle has more receiving potential than a lot of people give him credit for. He just he played in Iowa's offense and they just didn't give him the ball. I think he. I don't know, Jim. Can you say something about uh, speed and your matrix? Jesus Christ, and I'm getting tired. <laughs> Honestly, it's like it's like three hours, and I'm like sitting here like, uh, I don't even know what to say anymore. That's what happens. This is what it's like when you're locked in a draft room and you got to pick players. So next time you're taking shots at somebody's, you know, GM and scouting well, department, or whatever, this is what they go I through. Mean, so go ahead. The, the, the yeah, I'm not sitting with like four guys here. <laughs> Right. The quick nice thing to say is he had 89% all explosiveness, 93% all speed. Uh, his production, like you just said, isn't exactly the best. But when it comes to tight end, usually guys who have, you know, above average athleticism find a way to do stuff. And as a blocker, at least, I think he's going to be a starter just based on blocking ability. So. Um, he's good for a team yeah. like Denver because they can need him right now, and he's 23. Yep. 
But if you're actually, if you're I, I, I was reading Bethard, an article. I was, I was reading an article. And, Bethard's passion fell off a cliff, and their leading receiver had like 600 yards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, their 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 offense was hard to watch. I mean, it was. Whew. Yeah, I watched it. Yeah. And so when people started loving up C.J. Beathard, I, I wondered, is there another C.J. Beathard in this draft? He was so pretty no. good last year. I was actually surprised at how, how awful Devontae Booker was. Well, yeah, they liked him coming out. He didn't, he didn't do well at all. I mean, what he showed, it was just it's pitiful. As a Devontae Booker fan, I was highly disappointed. <laughs> As well you should be. As well you should be. There was a lot of things to be disappointed about there. But getting us back on track, um, Detroit's board, the highest rated player so was Tanzel Smart. He was a tackle to Lane. Tanzel Smart is good. Stop dogging him. I agree. And Tulane players always fall down the board, I guess, because of Tulane. But they they actually have some decent players. Every year, there's at least one fun-to-watch player on, on Tulane's squad. And this year, it was definitely Tanzel Smart. What do you, when you look at him sort of as a, as a prospect, both production and athletic, what do you see, Jim? What could be in his future? Well, I mean, his profile is almost identical to uh, the Texas Tech uh, defensive tackle uh, who was on the line Gary this Heider? year. Kerry Hyder? Kerry Hyder Jr. Yeah. They love Kerry Hyder. Getting a second one just makes perfect sense. Well, I mean, Kerry Hyder had just a weird career. I mean, he goes to the Jets with you know, when they had a 3-4 defense which he's not exactly a three four fit, you know? I mean No, it's like when it's like when Pittsburgh drafted Ziggy Hood, I was like, what? Right. I mean he's he doesn't exactly fit that scheme. I know that the Bears and all these other teams want to put these six one, six foot deep tackles inside, but you need to have right. some length, some size. Um, right. to kind of hold Guys up who are six size. feet and a quarter and three hundred and three pounds rarely end up prospering in that system. And, and two gap schemes and um, right. and and he was just a guy that nobody really I I, don't, I didn't get it why nobody liked Kerry Hyder but they didn't so he had to go the UDFA route bounce the team to team and finally went to a system that actually knew how to use him which could be Smart's career because he plays at Tulane um, yes, and everything right. else like that but based on everything that he's done I mean he's a very productive player he's he has some decent athleticism similar to Hyder. It's just a matter if he goes to the right team that knows how to use him or if he bounces from team to team until he finally finds the right spot. Yeah, the Kerry Hyder comparison is really good. Okay. And that brings us to pick number 120. Oh, the Vikings back on the clock. Okay, let's see. And on their board, uh, here it is. Uh, 
highest rated player still there is Devin Gacho, LSU. Yeah, I know. I know there's not a lot of fans for Devin Gacho, but that's who he is. That's where he is. That's what he is. And, you know, a pick 128 is not horrible. I mean, I've seen people try to put this guy, like, at the bottom half of the first. Now, I don't know how that's supposed to happen. Wait, whoa, whoa. The bottom half of the first? Are they watching the tape? I don't know what they're watching, dude. But I saw at least one person mock him to, like, the Patriots or somebody. at the. I've seen him mid-second as early as I've seen him. Well, this is still, which is still too early. But, yeah, I saw somebody. There's at least one. You know how it is this time of year. You know, people are just throwing stuff. But uh, somebody mocked him to, like, 31 or 32. I think it might have been 32 overall or something like that. Yeah, it's just craziness. But, yeah. Because the six should be really super out yeah, so 128 is in the books. That just number begging you to take him, Coburn. Pick <laughs> number. Brings the pick 129. The Giants are on the clock, actually. So let's let's let the Giants do their thing. Don't the Raiders have the 129th pick? Wait. No, really? the Giants do. Well, they yeah, have the hundred and the hundred and thirtieth. I, I right now I'm I'm looking at the hundred thirtieth pick. So yeah. am I looking yeah, that would at be... something different? And it's the Giants. What, what, what may have happened? Oh, Pete, you we there, remember there is a vacated pick due to Deflate Gate, so you may need to pull one pick off the board. That's that was what was throwing me off earlier until I remembered that. Well, I was reminded by. That the Patriots lost pick for one with one eighteen, I think it oh, was. Oh yeah, the Raiders are the Raiders are on the board. I'm looking at the mock draft Chad Reader did at NFL.com one twenty nine Raiders. Did he take into account the the lost pick due to the flag? Yeah, gate? selection was moved. Yeah, what selection was moved like to the Raiders. Oh, they're still losing pick. Fourth round. Okay. Well, you know they're very angry, Isaiah. You know people very. Um, upset about that whole deflate gate thing. So, um, but yeah, it, it is the Raiders. The Giants pick was moved to the end of the fourth round. That's right. So that's the 140th pick. So the Raiders are on the board. And who do you want me to pick, Pete? That you're kind of egging me on to pick. I, I don't. I, I don't know if I want to give it away because he's such a fantastic player. I figured this would be obvious for you. <laughs> obvious for me. Oh, I think better that. He's always talking about Matt. Well, you know what? We're going to go Blair Brown. There it is. Oh, 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 there it is. That is beautiful. That is beautiful, man. That is a great use of value. (laughs) You found the player that people thought, um, what the, what's his name was, uh, Oh God! Um, not very productive. Hurt UCLA. Overhyped. Um, Jayon Brown. Miles. Miles Jack. Well, yes. Well, I guess maybe him too. Oh, Miles. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. The player. That, well, yeah. I guess Jayon Brown, Miles Jack, whichever UCLA slightly overhyped receiver you well, meet up. 
Let's give him a chance. Let's give him a chance, Bill. I mean, you know, let's not come him a bust already. Okay, I won't. I'll wait another year. Coburn, who was your starting middle linebacker last year? Um, played at Kansas. Actually, it was a bunch of different people. It was um, you go from you go from to Blair Brown in the middle of that defense. Congratulations. That is Wasn't a very Perry, different Perry thing. Riley in that mix for a while? Like it's, this is the easiest, yeah. best option that team could ask for. I don't know. McKenzie is um, – he hasn't been very it. good at linebackers. You know, he was a former linebacker, but we have not had very good linebackers under his tenure. So, or at least great linebackers. So. It may not be his fault, though. He'll probably give you that dude from Clemson. Ben That's a Raider pick right there. It's every other pick is good, and then the ones that aren't are horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> or their or their Make a Wish Foundation picks. Oh, he'll get one of those. Oh, he would. But where would count as a Make a Wish Foundation pick? <laughs> um, technically, but yeah. Or maybe David Sharp, you know, the guy that's legally blind in one eye. That might be our second-round pick. <laughs> there you go. There <laughs> you go. <laughs> okay, that brings us to pick number 130. Is that right? Yep, Texans. Texans. <laughs> okay, the Texans. Let's see what Mr. Fantasy Football Madman has on the board. Oh, boy. Well, this is an interesting selection. <laughs> um, it, the highest-rated player on the board is Will Holden, offensive tackle Vanderbilt. He's fine. <laughs> I think okay. he's better than some. He actually blocked Garrett a couple times. He actually blocked him. <laughs> a couple times. What did Conor McDermott couldn't do? Or that is something that Conor McDermott couldn't do. That's actually true. Alejandro Villanueva, Bill. Oh. Oh, God. Oh. Yeah, I mean, hey, 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 hey. Support the troops. Don't be dogging on a troop. <laughs> well, trooper. Well, let me just, first of all, I mean, on Pat Tillman day of all days. Um, let's leave my my fellow Ranger alone. But Holden, I, I don't think it's quite even Villanueva, because Villanueva, for those who've forgotten, was a wide receiver at Army. Wide receiver. Yeah, they have nothing to do with each other except Villanueva's going to have to block Garrett week one. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well. <laughs> Thanks for that again. <laughs> oh. You remember when Ben Roethlisberger flirted with retirement? Yes, he did flirt with retirement. That is correct. You think it's because he doesn't want to get killed by Miles Garrett week one? I don't know if it's that specifically, but I'm sure, you know, the hits do begin to accumulate after a while. I I know that's got to be part of it. I mean, when you're, you know, you're sitting there in your comfy chair at the end of the season, you're having a, you know, whatever it is you like to have to relax at the end of the season, and you're looking at your whatever body part is throbbing 
and you're thinking, do I want to keep doing this? I have a lot of money. I've already been to the Super Bowl a few times. Yep. In his in his That's... case, that throbbing body part is his stomach. You, do, you, <laughs> do you think? Do you think he's scared of Miles Garrett, Bill? Is he scared? I don't know if he's scared. I, I just think he's his scared. body I, hurts. Yeah, his body, I mean, you know, his he, body's hurt. I mean, it's either take steroids or retire, you know. So, I mean, that's... Do you think, do you think Miles Edison is higher than Roethlisberger, Bill? I, I think it's mostly a... Because he's been hit by lots of really good football players in the past, right? I mean, it's yeah. a long list of Pro good players. players. He's been hit yeah. by DeMarcus Ware. He's been hit by Terrell Suggs. He's been hit by Julius Peppers. He's been hit by a lot of really good football players. So it's not like the thought of another good football player hitting him is going to be the thing that triggers anything. But he hurts. His body hurts. You know his body hurts. And he plays I think football what, for... what Pete is hinting at is that Miles Garrett is the doomsday to uh, Ben <laughs> Roethlisberger. Is that what he's implying? I think How that's what he's him. implying. <laughs> subtle of him. Well, that like is my and you and you, and you my, Bill are like Lois Lane cradling Superman in your arms. As you that is my said. athletic count for Miles Garrett. Are you envisioning Superman. Lawrence Taylor and Joe Theismann again? No, I don't know. I don't want to see that. <laughs> That'd be a what way I to go. Is like last year when Danny Shelton knocked uh, Ben Roethlisberger down, and then Ben Roethlisberger tried to get up, so Danny Shelton shoved him down again. <laughs> now, if you remind me, Pete, what was the score at the end of that game? I don't know. I just remember a lot of hitting and then us getting. Wait a minute. The which one? The first? Oh, the one Roethlisberger actually played. I don't know. He helped us deliver deliver our savior and Miles Garrett. <laughs> well, there you go. That's a good way to find the silver lining. Did, did, um, did, did, <laughs> if you guys had just done your job and lost. In overtime, which was one of those spectacular tanking jobs in history, you'd be seeing San Francisco get uh, Miles Garrett, and you'd be spared from the pain. Well, if only we'd been more strategic. <laughs> so that brings us to selection number 131. Oh, boy. Um, and the pick. Texas picked Bill, uh, the kid, for, uh, Will Holden. Yeah, yeah, they did with Big Will Holden, yes. What 31 is the Patriots? Patriots on the clock. Who is the Patriots? Matt, is it Matt or Matt's friend or the other? One the other. Originally it was Matt. I don't know if Matt handed it off to his to his friend, but either Andy or Matt or some combination thereof have the Patriots. Okay, so let me go looking for them. I will say this about Ben Roethlisberger. <clears throat> I one time ran into him at a line at this club called Ice in <laughs> Las Vegas. This was like 2007. I'm uh-huh. six five. I'm six five two thirty. 
he is significantly have more mass than I. The guy is a big oh, yeah. dude, so I don't think about he's taking enormous. a hit would be his problem. No, he's huge. He is an enormous person. That is very much true. My only yeah, issue. He, he, he's a stout guy. Yes, but yes, you he know. Is. Yeah. I think the technical terms whale. But that's my that's my Ben Roethlisberger story. As I once stood next to him in a line at a club in yeah. Vegas. My Ben Roethlisberger story is I had a boss who was six five and probably a quarter, half or something like that. And he's probably now in the two sixties, but a few years back was probably in the upper two forties, low two fifties. And he looks so much like Ben Roethlisberger, except for the broken nose. Uh, that it's a little frightening. So he actually lives in Tampa of all places, but we were going to a, a bar in the Tampa area in the off season. And we would have been the off season for football. And there were a bunch of people who were apparently from Pittsburgh, found on their vacation or whatever. And they ran up and they were just, they would not take no for an answer. They were convinced Kevin kept telling them, no, I'm, you know, I'm not. And the only real connection that Kevin actually has to football, he's actually a basketball guy. Uh, but his, well, he played football in high school, but he played basketball in college. But his grandfather was the coach of the Packers once, um, Phil Bankston, once uh, Lombardi retired. So that's his main uh, football connection. In fact, he has Phil Bankston's Super Bowl ring from when he was the D coordinator when the Packers uh, won the Super Bowl. But, I mean, he looks so much like Roethlisberger. I can see why the people like, refused to believe. They thought they were like, blowing them off or trying to, you know, Whatever. So finally, he just had to break down and write them Ben Roethlisberger autographs so he would leave him alone. But uh, yeah, he's he looks so much like Roethlisberger. It's kind of freakish. The only thing, like I said, is the nose. Like his nose hasn't been broken. That's the only real difference. If he, if he, somebody would break his nose for him, he'd be almost impossible to distinguish. It. So that's my Ben Roethlisberger story. But uh, I'm trying to get a hold of either Matt or Andy, or Andy or Matt. I just came back the board. Oh, there we go. Well, okay, so we are waiting on your pick. Uh, oh, Pages, did I saw Andy go eat? Um, did Samson and Boogum get picked? Say that again? Did Samson and Boogum get picked? I do. No, no, he is available. Uh, that's my pick for the Pages. Okay. Tell me a little bit about your thinking for that pick. I uh, just a very good athlete at the position. I think you could translate the off-ball linebacker, similar to Jamie Collins, probably will never be as good, but the Pats need athleticism at linebacker next to Hightower. So I like that. Okay. Uh, Samson, Abugium. And like he mentioned he sees him as a linebacker. Interesting. <laughs> now, did that interesting, was that fraught with meaning? No, no, not entirely. Oh, okay. Just checking because every once in a while somebody will have something to say. Uh, that brings us to pick number one, set two. And let's see. We have... Kansas City, right? Yes, Kansas City. And 
top-rated player available on this board is, speaking of often injured, uh, Alex Enzaloni from Florida. And there go and there goes my guy. Hey, it happens to everybody. Uh, trust me, live longer. That brings us to pick one thirty-three. I mean, sorry, that was my um, yeah, that was sorry, it was one thirty-three. Uh, let me just say, hold on. Oh, see, Oakland got. Hold on, that's what happened. Oakland got Blair Brown, right? Yeah, the Blair, Blair Brown. Okay, the Texans got Will Holden. Patriots got a William. Anthony just went. Uh, let's see. Kansas City. Oh wait, hold on. Double double check. Okay, let's see. I keep thinking I missed one. Okay, so Blair Brown, Will Holden, Jonathan William, Alex Andalani. Why do I keep thinking I missed one somewhere? Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe I'm okay. Think about okay. I'm just imagining that I missed a pick somewhere, but I think I'm okay. Okay, I'm plowing ahead. So we have the Cowboys on the clock. Who the Chiefs took? The Chiefs took Will, um, not Will. I mean uh, Alex Anzalone from Florida, the linebacker. Oft, oft injured linebacker. Gotcha. And the highest rated playoff still available on the Cowboys board. It's just the Cowboys. Uh, well, we have, hold on, sort of a consensus, not consensus, I, a few different people that I that I know who write for a Cowboys website sort of put it up for, so I guess there's like four different people, really. And I don't know who did what on what part of the round. But it just came from sort of them as a group. Um, I'm trying to see who's still available to them. Like many of you, they had a lot of their players that they really liked uh, have departed recently. So let me see what's left. 
they were really hoping Xavier Woods would stay on the board a little longer. Uh, let's see. Come on. Oh, here we go. We're getting there somewhere. Just, oh, man. Uh, okay. Come on. Okay. Uh, so it looks like the top-rated player still on their board is Carol Phillips. Is that right? Oh, nope. Nope. Wait, hold on. Hold the phone. Uh, actually, it might be Rasul Douglas. Hold on. Just to be sure, I'm going to scroll back through, see if I... Sometimes it's around previous, and I have one holdover left. And they were, of course, for another team hoping that Basham would fall to them, which he did not. Uh, let's see. So we're hoping he would fall. So I think the pick is going to be. Yeah, I guess that is what it's going to be. Yeah, so. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Ah, uh, that is. So the pick is actually Rasul Douglas. So the Cowboys have Rasul Douglas. Um, West Bagot, Virginia. One thirty-four. And that's the Packers. Okay. Oh, Donovan. Okay, I'm going to give Donovan another few seconds.
Okay, so it is. What's the dog? Yeah, hold on. Um, I'll tell you in a second. Uh, let's see. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Okay, let's see. Looks like it's. Looks like it's. Okay. So it actually looks like it's going to be Dwayne Smoot from Illinois. Okay, from U of I. That brings us to pick number one thirty five. Oh. See, and that's me again. Oh, okay. Okay, let's see. So who is still on the board? A lot of great talent. Actually, there really is. <laughs> there really, 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 really is. Uh, actually, pretty happy for the most part. <laughs> with uh, what's still available. Uh, Let me take a quick look, because there's about, there may be somebody with like a late second that might still be available from the thing but is Vincent is Vincent Taylor still available? He is. There are a lot of people. Um, yeah, this is actually shaking out well. Um, but I think I'm going to go with Carlos Watkins from Clemson. Don't you, like, hate him or something? Say it again. Don't you, like, hate him or something? I don't hate him. I just didn't think he was a first-rounder. <laughs> or early second, even. I mean, or some people first. had him, you know, that's... That's the crazy thing about draft Twitter. If you say someone's not a first rounder, they somehow turn that into hate. I only say uh, I'm a Clemson fan. There's many players I like that I wouldn't take in the first round. <laughs> you know, so there's you can like a player and not take them in the first. You see, there's more rounds after the first. One of those things that you pick up if you keep hanging around the draft long enough is that there's more than one round. So, yes, I don't hate him. I just wouldn't take him in the top 50 picks. This isn't the top 50. 
you know, that when just because I don't buy into hype surrounding a player doesn't mean I don't like them. Two very different things, young man. I think it's getting cultured over there. I see it. <laughs> so what do you plan to do with Watkins? Well, that's the whole thing. And I, I think we've been seeing this coming for some time. It's obvious to me, and I think to other people who watch Pittsburgh, they're slowly but surely changing to a Tampa system. I mean, slowly but surely becoming, they're trying to become slowly but surely the Buccaneers of the late 1990s. That's really what they want to be. And, of course, that's where, at least in terms of the NFL, that's where Tomlin's career begins, right? He starts out on Dungy's staff if he leaves Kansas State. And he gets bathed, basically, in the culture of, of Tampa, too. That's why, for so long, the draft was weird in Pittsburgh, because they were still trying to run the, the LeBeau stuff, but they kept drafting guys that would fit you know, the classic Tampa 2 kind of kind of system. So it was, you know, a culture clash. But obviously LeBeau's been gone a couple of years. And look at what – if you look at what they want to be, they want to be that. They want to be 1999 Tampa on defense. And Watkins can be the guy who's playing, you know, on the other side of the center from whoever your under tackle becomes which is still what we're trying to work out, quite frankly. But, yes, there's a place for him. If, 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 as I suspect, they're trying to become a classic 4-3 under Tampa 2 defense. Which is a big yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I'll be honest. I'm not sure what they're doing sometimes. I mean, it's been, like I said, weird. On defense, at least, it's been weird trying to figure out what they're doing. But this is what I've theorized is what they're trying to do. I could be wrong, obviously, but if I'm right, the pick makes sense. So we'll find out if I'm right or if I'm wrong. Soon. Soon, soon, soon. And that brings us to the Falcons, right? Yes. Okay, so let me check their board again. Uh, David Sharp. The run on off injured Florida players is on. No, actually, Sharp wasn't injured that much. Take, sorry about that, David. Now, based on his athletic profile, does he need to kick inside, Jim? Really? Gonna... I'm just asking. Okay. I mean, if you put a six foot six guy inside, it could <laughs> technically work. Maybe. Uh, I mean, his big issue is that he has 15 percentile explosiveness, uh, which Yikes. is uh, like Khalil level. You know, Mac Khalil level serve explosive. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. So, like, he's just going to have issues with people that are more explosive than him, people that are more flexible than him. Uh, he could work as a power tackle. I mean, that's the big thing. He could he could be a power tackle. Uh, you could possibly move him inside. But as 
one person even told me uh, on Twitter uh, about that was, well, if he's blind in one eye, then moving him inside, how is he going to see the ball? And I'm like, oh, wow, you're right. You know, that's, <laughs> that's going to be somewhat of a problem. Uh, but, uh, I mean, he's 6'6", six, 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 343, so, I mean, he's a really big guy. Um, you know, it's just that he lacks explosiveness, so putting him inside isn't exactly going to fix that 100%, but it could help him to not have to deal with edge guys that are just going to out-explode him. Got it. Okay. The Colts are on the clock at pick 137. All right, so this next pick, he's one of my favorite guys in the draft. He's going to help show up the second cornerback spot. You remind me a lot of Keen to leave. I'm taking Marquez White, cornerback for the state. Okay. Got it. And once again, need, value, and everything all sort of met up. So hard to hard not to like that. And at pick 138, the Bengals are on the clock. I'm sorry, say that again? Did you say Andre Collins? Avante? Oh, Avante. Okay, okay, got it, got it, got it. Yes, I can hear you now. Okay, Avante. Okay, yes. Okay, raw, but interesting. Uh, tell me about what you envision for Mr. Collins. Uh, Bengals tackles last year were pretty bad, especially, uh, what's his name? Boy, yeah, so they need, they need to develop someone at tackle. So, yep, it's a work. Yes. And he did, you know, have the most, I guess, maybe the most impressive athletic profile of the tackles in this class. I mean, Jim, was he number one, number two? I knew he was up there. He ran the fastest. He had a fastest speed score. Uh, but then okay. he went to the pro day, and he had a 9.41 out oh. of 100 explosive or body strength score. Oh. So. Okay, so that is concerning. Concerning. You know, but if you have him as a guard, I mean, you could, you know, you could possibly do something with that. At tackle, not mm-hmm. so much, but guard, you know, it's a possibility. Because he has more of a guardish size anyways. You know, 6'4", 295. Um, his frame is more guardy than uh, tackle-wise. So, yeah, so there's a chance he could work out. Got it. So sort of a guard tackle projection. Uh, okay, that brings us to pick number 139. The Eagles are on the clock. Uh, let me just look at my board real quick. Let's see. All right, with the 139th pick in the NFL draft, the foot of the Eagles select Elijah Lee, linebacker at Kansas State. Okay. Another little runaround, hope to avoid getting swatted like a bug by a guard kind of linebacker. Okay. Where where do you plan to play him? So first, I want to start him probably on the outside. Well, first, I, 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 he said it'd be, I think I'm, I'm only going to pick him on the nickel packages first. I'm not planning to start him right away. 
but with but with the loss, but with um, Michael Kendricks, not a really big fan of him. It's always been, really? always been a lot of um, trade. There's always been a lot of trade fascination with him. I feel like we're gonna we're gonna look to get rid of him in the in the next season. So we want to play behind Kendricks for one uh, one, uh, one year, and we we think that he's gonna come in there. He can be a nice pairing with Jordan Hicks. Okay. That's an interesting, interesting pick. Uh, who was the pick again? Elijah Lee, Kansas State. Oh, yeah, Elijah Lee. Okay, so that brings us to the 140th selection. The Giants are on the clock. Uh, Matt Texan me wants to pick Jermaine Illuminor, guard out of Texas. Okay. Got it, Jermaine Illuminor. Okay. And once again, what do you, what do you put deployment wise? Where are you going to put him? What are you going to do with him? Uh, I, Matt Texan me wanted to, I think the Giants need help along their line. I, I don't know much about him, to be honest. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, got it. Well, he's raw. Once again, a kid that grew up, you know, in other parts of the world, you know, competed in other sports before he sort of found football a little later than, than most. Oh. He lived in England and has lived in somewhere else. Uh, but I think he was about 14 or something when he came to Texas, came to the United States and started playing football. 14, 15, something like that. And so it's still, you know, still figuring certain things out about the fine points of the game. But how's he he grade out for you, Jim, in terms of his athletic ability? Well, I mean, he's an elite-level athlete. And everything. Um, uh, The only thing is, is, I mean, he's kind of raw. His tackle isn't really... That's the thing, Bill. Everybody's been like Avery Genesee, Avery Genesee, Avery Genesee, greatest athlete, whatever. And yet it's Jermaine who's the better athlete. It's Jermaine that actually has more praise from his coaches in terms of work ethic. So I don't get it in terms of like the Avery Genesee love or like that. But, um, I mean, he is a, a guy that definitely will be sort of a project, but he's an athletic project. So. Um, there's some chance that you could hit on him, like a Kevin Pan Paul type of guy. Yes, there you go. If uh, if Mark the Shark were here, we'd be talking about the discussions he and I had about Kevin Pompeo and his uh, oh, Junior Gallette was the name. Are you trying to remember before? But you complete dang. Uh, was the guy you're trying to remember before the uh, edge rusher and disciplinarian from. Uh, yeah. Uh, Kappa Essien, originally, I guess, is where his family is from, and then, of course, made his way to the state. But yes, I got it. Um, that moves us now to the 141st selection. The Rams are on the clock. Chase? Did we lose Chase? Okay, let's see. I think we lost Chase. Did we lose Chase? Oh, hey, I'm here. Oh, cool. That's hey, good. Chase, You're on the clock. Sorry, I, I had on mute. 
Oh, okay, no problem. It happens. Yeah. So yeah, some kid, some kid was playing uh, some rap music outside my door. I didn't want it to interrupt. Oh, okay. <laughs> Those kid, meddling kids. So uh, who do we have to pick one for you, one for the Rams? I'm taking Josh Reynolds, wide receiver from oh. Texas A&M. He's probably, probably your, your, your WR2 right out of the box, I'm guessing, right? I'm sorry, excuse me? Yeah, so that might be your WR2 right out of the box, right? Exactly. I don't, you know, I don't, for the Rams, I'm not really a Rams fan, but I'm not really a Robert Woods guy. I don't think he's going to, I don't think he's going to be the number one. So, so you have you know, Scott Godwin Scott. and now Josh Reynolds. Exactly. Yeah. A nice way to rehaul that entire wide receiver core. Yes. Yes. They are trying to we do that on the fly. Your Tavon Austin, your Michael Thomas that we all liked last year. You know, well, Austin would be Thomas. really good in the slot guy. Right. Are we still calling Tavon Austin a wide receiver? Well, I mean, he's a Percy Harvin position. What do you want to call that? I call him PHP. I call, him, I call him a punt returner. <laughs> yes, well, there you go. Which Percy Arbor was also really good at. The Ted Ginn position, you know. <laughs> yes, the Ted Ginn position. You <laughs> mean where you run straight down the field and catch the ball 60-some-odd percent of the time? You're, if you're telling me that when Josh Reynolds are on the outside and Robert Woods is in the slot, I'm telling you he's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I... I'm still lacking them one wide receiver, but, I mean, Rams kind of screwed themselves that way. Well, I think that that's enough. Once again, they're upgrading. If they get Reynolds, that's an upgrade over some of the things they've had playing wide receiver. In upgrade over Brian Quick. <laughs> yes, it would be an upgrade over Brian Quick. Yes, that is correct. That brings us. Yes, yes, yes. A proud graduate of Appalachian State University. <laughs> brings us to pick number 142, the Texas back And let me see who is the highest rated player on the fantasy football madman. Running back Jeremy Nichols from Boise State University. Probably a slight upgrade over Albert Blue, I'm guessing. I like Albert Blue. I think he gets the better out. No, I'm a. Well, dude, I'm an Albert Blue. I'm an Albert Blue fan. I I had him on my all underappreciated team. I don't. You have to sell me on Albert Blue. I just think that they see him probably as an upgrade over Albert Blue. I don't know if he actually is. We'll find out. I guess. 
Yes, there you go. Blue, LSU, parlez-vous. And that brings us to 143. Unfortunately, it's not 142, but a prime as well. But 143, the 49ers are on the clock. 49ers take Chad Kelly, quarterback Wait, can you say that again, please? Chad Kelly, quarterback. Oh, you said Chad Kelly? Yes. Oh, all righty. Wow. Yeah, that's kind of a wow moment. You're going to have to tell us a little bit about the thinking there. Uh, I'm a big fan of his on-field game. I think in a, I think in a year of sketchy quarterback, he has downfield accuracy. He has one of the strongest on the draft. And I know he comes with a bunch of off-field degrees, but, I mean, I, I wasn't a fan of Kaiser earlier, any of that for 49ers, so A. Kelly... The mid-balance, have him compete with Hoyer. See what happens with the comfort. Okay. Gotcha. Quarterback, Chad Kelly. Ole Miss by way of Clemson. And he finds his new home in San Francisco. And at pick 144, we have the Colts with Kendall Beck. I mean, uh, with, uh, what do you call it? With, uh, no, wait. The Colts are on the clock with pick 144. Pick 144. All right, we're going to end this round four with a banger. We have one of my favorite small school guys. We are selecting Dylan Donahue, edge guy oh. from West Georgia. Yeah. He's speaking of fun tape. He's got some fun tape. So tell us what it is you liked about Dylan Don. I think my favorite part of him is that he has a power pack frame, and he and he also and he also has a really nice um, quick uh, change of direction. He's even though he's a kind of a small guy, he's only about six two two forty. He is much powerful than the size would indicate. Now there's a few now there's a, now there's a few things there's a few downs about him. You know, his running game he has um, hard to be designed in the run game. And he obviously only played at West Georgia, so it's good to be some, you know, competition there, with some competition space. But I feel like this guy can be a nice. He's going to probably. I, I like to work him in third down, and then I would like to, you know, if all you know breaks well, have him beside you know Jabal Sheard tearing up the AFC South in like two years or so. That's, a, that's an interesting pick, and he does bring some some stuff. You know, as you said, he may have to make some adjustments since he was mostly a hand-in-the-dirt guy much of the time in college. And I'm assuming you're having to stand up, so he's going to have to learn to drop in the coverage a little bit and, and move around a little more than he has to. But there's some definitely things to like. He's got, once again, some really interesting tape. And you could see teams that they, that face West Georgia were very much aware of him. He saw a lot of, you know, sliding projections his way and, you know, teams – being concerned about keeping him in check. Okay, so before we wrap, let's do a bit of a recap. Are we going to do Well, we could, but it's something people are fading as it is. We <laughs> yeah. Have, uh, jam it can, in. We, can we just get a we recap? Uh, I, from picks 118 down, can, we, can I just get a quick recap? Yes, I guess that's what we'll do. So 
we now know who's who's strong and who is less strong. Uh, but we will pick up from pick 118. So we had at the 118th selection, uh, the we have Stacy Coley, uh, the wide receiver from Miami, went to the Eagles. Then at 119, uh, the fall was stopped by one Isaiah Fee for Evan Postich from LSU. And Andy Vanderdose at pick 120 went to the Vikings. 121, Cooper Cup, Eastern Washington went to the Colts. 122, the Ravens selected the injured but some but physically gifted Fabian Moreau from UCLA. Brad Kaya went at 123 to, to because they love quarterback drama in Washington anyway, so why not keep it up? Uh, so he makes his way there. Then Vince Spiegel uh, makes his way to Tennessee where he will be a Tatone. Then Tampa Bay got Davis Webb, the QB from Cal. Then George Kittles makes his way to the Broncos, where they really do like wide receivers, so that actually isn't a bad pick at all. And then we have Tanzel Smart going to Detroit at 127. 128, the Vikings picked up Devin Gacho. Defensive tackle, some people think he's a five technique uh, from LSU. Blair Brown went to the Raiders. At 128, 129, the Texans picked up Will Holden, who sounds like, well, I guess it is the name of the former star of the TV show Sugarfoot, now I think about it. Then we come to 131, and we have Samson Ebicom from Eastern Michigan, who is going to become a stand-up linebacker in their system. I guess elephant really is what he'll be. Alex Anzalone from Florida went to Kansas City, picked 132, the cornerback from West Bygod, Virginia, went at 133 to the Dallas Cowboys. And then we had at 134, Dwayne Smoot, defensive end slash outside linebacker from Illinois. Carlos Watkins went uh, to 135, the defensive tackle from Clemson. And then at pick number 136, the Falcons got David Sharp from Florida, the Colts. At pick 137, got Marquez White, the cornerback. Uh, the Bengals picked up Avante Collins from TCU, a guard tackle projection, tackle guard projection. And then at 139, the Eagles got Elijah Lee, sort of the run and hit linebacker. At pick uh, 140, we had Jermaine Illuminor, the, the actual real athletic offensive lineman for Texas A&M. The Rams at pick 141 got Josh Reynolds. The Texans at 142 got – I actually wrote down Albert Blue. Uh, but it was actually um, – my gosh. Yeah, uh, it was actually uh, Jeremy Nichols, the uh, running back from Boise State University, former Dizzin of the Smurf turf. We had Chad Kelly in one of those <laughs> moments. Uh, the Ole Miss quarterback finds a home in San Francisco where, once again, another place where they – in the light quarterback drama. And then at pick 144, Dylan Donahue, the defensive end slash outside linebacker for Jackson from West Georgia. So that should be, have everybody caught up. Um, I will start writing up some stuff and there'll be an email to follow. Before we close out, does anybody else have any questions, concerns, um, yeah, boasting, well, I guess? Yes, will I be attached to this email? Well, you know what? 
maybe. So, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I certainly email attend, list. I certainly you know, attempt to email you. Email. We'll just forward it to him. You know, <laughs> he can trust us. You don't have to. Email <laughs> well, if Bill, for some reason, you, yeah. When, when do you so intend finishing this draft? Next week? No, tomorrow. You, so people are quote unquote fading, and we have more picks left in the draft in the next three rounds than we've picked so far. Well. You know my intention was to knock out because, you know, I was going to go for another. You were going to do uh, Rabbit Live today. That was my plan, but I can hear people starting to fall off. Uh, I'm good to go with my I don't pick. know what happened. I can go uh, I really, I really don't know what happened. Well, here's the last thing. We'll, we'll get to Pete's pick. I mean, he can wait because, you know, it's Pete's pick. <laughs> um, so, 121 at the Colts. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I did not hear 121 for the Colts. So could you just tell me that oh. one real quick, Bill? Oh, okay. Sure, sure. So going back to 121, Colts. Yeah, the little run and hit. Uh, no, sorry. 121 with Cooper Cup. Yeah, Cooper Cup. Right, right, right. The white guy. Gotcha. Okay. Yes, the white guy. Yes. <laughs> That's how the – so we know what his nickname will be in camp, don't we? All right, so Pete, if you want to make your selection for the Browns because you just can't wait, go ahead. Good. Eric Wilson, linebacker, Cincinnati. What? Who is the pick? Eric Wilson, linebacker, Cincinnati. Hey, hold on. Say that one more time. We actually seem to have some quiet. Say that uh, one more time. Eric, Eric Wilson. Oh, Eric Wilson. Speaking of a little running back, linebacker, okay. Cincinnati. And then, yeah, yeah, got it. So he's kind of like Elijah Lee, but maybe slightly better. Wow, uh, that, that, that hurts. Elijah Lee is a very good prospect. We just happen to really, really like Eric Wilson. Well, they're, yeah, they're very similar, actually. If you like sort of the old Ian Gold, um, John Mobley, but Jim used to have a bunch of it. Cato June. Ooh, Ian Gold's a good, good, uh, it's a good comp on that, really. But that's that's what these guys are. Remember the old Wills they used to collect back at Denver back in the day, who were all two hundred and twenty-three pounds or whatever, two hundred twenty-five pounds. Hey, that's what these Al guys Wilson, are. John Mobley, and Ian Gold was a great linebacking core. I don't care what anyone says. Oh, they were cool. I liked them. It was a great linebacking core. Yep. And John Mobley had problems, but... Well, right. And they all had trouble if you could block. I mean, if you could get your centers and guards onto them, they all had problems. But they were super athletic, that whole bunch. They could all run. A little side note about Al Wilson. I have a great story. I used to go to the Broncos training camp. And uh, I don't know any Bengals fans, but you remember Delta O'Neal? <laughs> he, was a, he had a great start to his career. His first oh, couple yeah, years, he, he did. was a baller. I thought Al Wilson one time, and this is at Broncos training camp, was going to eat Delta O'Neal. He was so pissed off at him. Grabbed him. I, 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 he grabbed him by the helmet. I thought his head was going to come off. 
And he called him a pussy. Oh, well, and then there, there was there was, huh? Oh, hello there. All right. <laughs> no, and then there was like a six-year-old kid sitting next to me, and he's just like, nice. "I want to be like Al Wilson." <laughs> oh. He changed a young man's life that day. For a while, that was side note. It was just kind of funny. Yeah, but that was a yeah, great line back. Dalton had a really strange career arc. Because if memory serves me correctly, I think two out of the first three years of his career, he was a pro bowler and might have even been an all pro one year. Yeah, no, he actually, he was, in the mid- he was in the middle of his prime and then he hurt his neck and kind of just went boom. Yeah, and that was kind of it. But I think, I think twice he led the league in interceptions, if memory serves me correctly. Oh, Delta? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Delta was really good. He was just a terrible tackler. He couldn't tackle. Well, no, he was, yeah, no, I agree. He was not a great tackler, but man, was he a ball hawk. And nowadays, yeah, really he doesn't corners to tackle anymore. I mean, I, he, he was just born too early. Half the corners Maybe. in this class aren't very, you know, enthusiastic about tackling, I guess is the way I would put it. Uh, so, but now that people are so much less, you know, critical of it. I mean, you. You hear occasionally people mention that somebody's not exactly the world's toughest dude in the tackling department, but it's no longer the, the deal that it, you don't get, you know, grabbed by the head and screamed at the same way as you might have in the old days about it, I guess. They made the adjustment. In the good old days. Those were the good old days, my friend. Those were. Well, gentlemen, I'm willing to keep going. I know Pete's raring to go. I'm just going to. Hey, I'll go. go. I, got, I got about another hour in there. I got okay, five minutes I'm ready to dominate all you fools. Back up. I'm a teenager. My stamina is legit. (laughs) Okay. So so if people are okay, we'll keep going. I'll keep going. I got another hour in me. Maybe an hour and a half. Let's knock out out this this year year round. Okay. So uh, we just had Eric Wilson off the board to the Browns. That'll bring us to pick one. Sorry, 40. Uh, Six. And so do we have a pick from the Niners? Uh, Leggett. Oh, Jordan Leggett. Oh, hey, now that's good value. Getting Jordan Liggett mm. at 145. I was hoping he fell. Oh, no. He did. He fell. I mean, there are people who talking about taking him in the early third. So this is good value. Okay. Yeah, so well done. And that brings us to pick number 147. That's come on you. Is it the Bears or the Jaguars? That's the Bears, checking on. That is the, the Bears. Then the Rams. We could get through this. They could get through this really quickly. That's what I'm trying to do. That's what I'm trying to do. Okay, so um, Adam Biznawati is the pick. What's a good value out of 
I like him. I like him better than his athletic numbers suggest. Yeah, I think he's going to find a way to hang around the league for a while. A swing tackle. Yeah, I mean he's he might be your swing tackle. Yes, and there's a, you know, got, those guys have eight year careers. I mean, if you're a decent swing tackle, there's going to be a decent amount of. I mean, not a bidding war exactly, but when your contract comes up, they'll be interested in you. You can hang around for a while. Okay, it brings us to... Yeah, the Jaguars. So you're on the clock, Isaiah. Anthony Walker. Okay, the Northwestern linebacker. And let's see, pick number 149, the Rams. Yeah. Razul Douglas. Uh, uh, actually, I think Razul Douglas has been picked. Oh, has he? Yep. No, yeah, uh, Razul... he was picked. So right, give me two seconds. Yeah, he was picked at number... 133. 133. All right, I'm, I'm going to go with... Counterpart Brian Allen, wide receiver or cornerback, Utah. Oh, okay. There we go. So is that not picking any players that you And pick one fifty-seven. You know you can just call it. Okay, let's see. Uh, the Jets at 150 get Dietrich Wise from Arkansas. I just think Dietrich Wise. I'm sorry, what was that? Are you a Dietrich? A little louder because there's some pretty serious background noise. Are you like a really big fan of Dietrich? Am I a really big fan? You're asking me personally? Yeah. No. But it's the hardest-rated player on their board. So let's keep going. That brings us to the Chargers at pick 151. Yeah, I know. Give me a second. Okay, so highest-rated player. Vincent Taylor. So you were, I think you were asking about Vincent Taylor earlier. Oklahoma State. Oh, really? Brings us to pick number 152. Right, Carolina Panthers. And we will select... Uh, yeah, we'll we'll take uh, Robert Davis, uh, wide receiver oh. from Georgia State. Ah, run on underrated uh, guys from the state of Georgia who we'll played the college ball in the state of Georgia continues. Okay, good, good. He's a freak. And Georgia State is an FBS school. I don't know why why people haven't figured this out yet. 
Yeah, I know. And they're a pretty good one, actually. I mean, considering how, how long they've been around as an FBS school, they're starting to make a little noise. Uh, that brings us to the 153rd selection. The Bengals are on the clock. Harvey Langey, linebacker, BYU. Harvey Langey, tough guy. LB, BYU. Okay, that brings us to pick number 154. That's me. Uh, let's see. So, who's still around that we like? It's like almost the real stuff. I'm like, it's like, I'm talking about. Uh, Elijah Qualls, Washington. So it just goes from one Washington to the other Washington. And that brings us to pick number 155. All right, we are going Jordan, uh, Jordan Morgan, Cootstown. Jordan Morgan, Cootstown State. Okay, got it. Offensive guard, Jordan Morgan from beautiful Cootstown State in the PSAC. Okay. And that brings us to pick number 156. And the Bills on the clock. Tyler Orlovsky. Oh, okay. So Ronald Orlovsky says now begun. Okay. Yeah. And at pick 157, still on the Isaiah stays on the clock. Yes. Julian Davenport. Okay. Julian Davenport. That brings us to pick number 158. To end the Colts Colts draft, we are taking Billy Brown, tight end Shepard. Oh, got it. So we do have a continuing run on Division II players. Yeah, he's an interesting prospect. That brings us to 159, Raven. And let's see. And it is Amara Darbo, Michigan.
So he goes from one Harbaugh to another. I'm sure he got some inside or info from his brother. And that brings the pick 161. Wait, hold on. Is that right? Yeah, 161, the Chargers. Right? No. No, 160. Sorry. Uh, the Vikings. Okay, here we go. Okay, Carol Phillips, defensive and outside linebacker. Why? From University of Illinois. That takes us to pick number 161. Before I take Tara Cohen running back, NAAT. Okay, give me the name one more time, please. Tariq Cohen. Oh, Tariq. Oh, Tariq Cohen, oh, yeah, 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 from NCUT. Yeah, I just need to hear the name, okay. Tariq the Freak. Joystick. He is fun. Speaking of the all-fun, he's on that all-fun tape team, too, boy. Woo, is he fun to watch. I think Kyle Shanahan will like him. Oh. Not as much as uh, Sean Payton would have liked him, but, yes, <laughs> you will like him. <laughs> John Payton would have dreamed up new, well, not new stuff. He would have just dusted off all the old scroll stuff and, you know, brought, busted it back out. But the 49ers would definitely do well to have that kind of space player, which they haven't had in, I don't even know. I don't know. <laughs> it's been a, uh, okay, so the Buccaneers. Uh, let me check their darn board. Give me a second. Okay, Tampa. Uh, uh, it is defensive tackle Grover Stewart, Albany State. So there we go, the SIAC stand-up. So the, Div- the uh, Division Two is getting some representation and some love here. One of my favorite Albany State Ram players. And that brings us to... Pick number... Let's see, that was 162 or three, right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Patriots. The Patriots are on the clock. This is not when you forfeited or traded. Uh, no. Yeah. So yeah, you have this one. This you get to make this pick. Okay. Yep. Uh, Tedrick Thompson, safety, Colorado. 
Nice. Now the Colorado backs are gone. Now they're all gone. <laughs> I call her a veto. <laughs> Thompson's the number one on my board right now. Carol Phillips is mine before Bill took him. You know, that's the way the world works. Uh, that brings to selection number 164, the Titans. Jalen Reeves Maven. Oh, okay. That's not a bad pick. And once again, a guy you don't have to send a plane ticket, he can drive to camp. Saved yourself like 400 bucks. Okay, so that brings us to selection number 165. Uh, and who is it? Oh, Eric Magnuson, offensive guard, Michigan. I know you're a fan, Jim, so, you know, that's good news. And pick number 166, the Dolphins. Uh, the selection is Avery Moss, defensive end slash outside linebacker, Youngstown State, by way of Nebraska. And that means that pick 167, you are on the clock. The uh, Giants. Uh, the Davis Lovegood pick? That would be Mastic. You said Davis Webb? Yeah, that would be Mastic. If he's not picked, I'm not sure. If it was no, he, yeah, he's gone. Been gone. Okay. Uh, he's Josh Dobbs pick. Joshua Dobbs is very much available. To New York he goes. Okay. If nothing else, the IQ of your QB room has just increased by about 27.5%. They need that with Eli. Okay. <laughs> Giants. Josh Dobbs. Him, Gene Smith. Sorry, who'd who'd you pick, Jim? Oh, I didn't pick anybody. That was just oh, I'm so sorry. Throwing out Gino oh, Smith. Oh, 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 oh. Just throwing out random names. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think if you could just refrain from doing that when I'm trying to figure out who the actual pick is, because that's how I've sometimes gotten confused about who got selected. Yeah. 
So, <clears throat> so with this pick, the Raiders are going to select Storm Norton, offensive oh. tackle of Toledo. That's a nice little pickup, actually. Like, at least the quarterback one. We need that with me. Oh, yeah. So, your quarterback one is correct. Okay, so that brings us to pick number 169, the Texans. Back on the clock. And the top-rated player is still available. Okay, I'll give you a say. Who is still there? Uh, oh, okay. Well, let me just make sure that this made it above him. Uh, that would be an interesting pick. That would be one of those, oh, my, picks, if that's who it is. Let me see if there's anybody made it above. Uh, oh, yeah. It, the, it is, uh, oh, let me see. Make sure I'm up. It is cornerback Jeremy Trayer, Middle Tennessee State University. TSU, pick number 170. We're now on the clock. Okay, so we have So let's see, we have the Chiefs and the election is yeah okay um there'll be some talk about this one um malachi dupree wide receiver lsu and there'll be people who of course will lose their minds and insist there's no way he'd make it to pick 170 but we'll see Isn't uh, 170 the Seahawks, though? Oh, is it? Hold on. Maybe I'm looking at the wrong. I might be wrong. Give me a second. Okay, hold on. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, 
offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.